And roll time. Cleveland Motor Podcast. Uh, we are, Dustin's doing a good job posting them real fast, so we're getting them out. Uh, kind of, this is podcast 148. That it is. 148. 147 um, dropped, uh, well, yesterday, which would be yep. Thursday the 12th. Put it up. We got 150 people have already been there and chosen to listen to it. So that's cool. Uh, didn't take them long. To my left. Johnny Mac. And you're looking a lot better than you did last week. I feel a lot better. You were in fucking rough shape last week. Holy shit, man. So whatever you had. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually on that post. I was sick. Now I feel great. Kind of thing. It's good like, coming around. Did you have the ribs, cancer? My lungs and everything feel like I feel strong <laughs> from coughing and hacking. Did I you have the cancer that? AIDS? Oh. Yeah, that was it. Fuck, I think you gave it to me because Saturday I was just a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, you were wiped out. Yeah, yeah. No so to, to his left, Johnny Chrome. To his left, Dustin Elliott. To his left, Pete Humphling. Pete Humphling. We have a lot of comments about you, Pete. Really? And people and, do like it. People do like it when you're on the podcast. Well, they really do. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, they really enjoy it. And so. to Pete's left is Chris Smith, but he's not here yet. We have a chair waiting for him, but he's not here yet. He's going to be late. He's doing something, whatever so Chris Smith does. You'll have to wait for the snoring. Right, yeah. Well, the good news is if he gets here at 8.30 like he said he's going to, he'll probably be awake when he shows up. There'll be yeah. less, like, much less chance or of drunk. falling asleep. So that's cool. So awake yeah, or drunk the, or you both. You beat the plague? You're here? I'm here. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Ready to go. we got a topic. You know, We're, we're going to talk about our topic in a little while. The topic is going to be... Uh, Things that you should be doing in your shop when you're uh, maybe preparing your shop for working on a motorcycle or when you start working on a motorcycle. Things that we've learned from years and years of wrenching on shit that we can hopefully pass on to you to save you some time. Uh, Just basically shop tips. Not exactly how to get your way through a total rebuild, but shop tips. Um, Pete, you have exciting news. You have signed up for a trip in South Africa. Yes. Pretty fucking cool, man. (laughs) Pretty fucking I'm looking cool. forward to it. Ten months away, but hey. Ten months away, but that doesn't matter. It's an October trip. You, and now, because you booked now... Well, and that'll be the beginning of... Almost the beginning of summer spring. in South Africa. That's their spring. Yeah, yeah that's spring. their spring in South Africa. Yeah. Very cool. That's I think super. I would panic if I found out I was going to South Africa like next next week or well, next month. Yeah. <laughs> I need like a ten-month lead-up to it just to mm. kind of get ready. Get your head around the concept. Hand, wrap my head around the concept. <laughs> Do you have to take any shots? Uh, there will be some shots involved. There will be sure. shots. Hey, hey we have a Hoffert. Hoffert has shown up. On a excellent. motorcycle. Yeah, of course he did. It's 24 degrees. In January. Something went by while I, I was fixing the choke heel on my Jeep, and I looked up in amazement that it wasn't him. It wasn't Hoffert? <laughs> Go fucking figure. It's 24 degrees out a there. a poor kid that owns a, a he's bicycle. He's wearing shorts? No, nah, he's wearing actual Pants. trousers. He's wearing his reinforcement. You can bring your bike in. It'll be easier to start later. All right. His face is red. <laughs> yeah. You look a little red there, you, pal. I will say, your face is a little chilly looking. Yeah, yeah well, I don't put my shot. I can't stand the end of this thing right. around. So. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that's cool. I rode twice this week. Yeah. Holy shit. On a day that I should never have ridden. The day that it was black ice from oh, yeah. my driveway to the yeah. to the parking spot at work. Our whole parking lot at the Eastside shop is patches of black ice. I it's, thought I was going to die, but you know, after about 100 feet, I was too lazy to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> what are you riding tonight, Steve? My ruckus. The ruckus. Oh, yeah, all right. The you winter ruckus. Fall very far, far if you fall. Right, it's true. You, you fall. We call it the saltus now that everything's seized shut with salt. <laughs> it's a good bike to sacrifice to the salt gods. We had a nice rain, though. It kind of rinsed away some of the salt. Yeah. I was, we were talking. Yeah, about it. It just it's the odds are against it. There was so much salt. Yeah. And it snapped fast. We went from 60 degrees yesterday morning at 6 a.m. By the time I got out of the gym at 9, it had already dropped to 38 degrees. 
by the time I got here and we started unloading the trailer, it was cold as fuck. Mm-hmm. So it was it dropped stupid fast. So how many days are you going to be on the motorcycle in South Africa? Uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Now is that including the three? You're saying there's some bonus days. There's a uh, three, four, three nights and four days uh, at the tail end where we'll be in Cape Town. In Cape Town. Yeah. Oh man, that's flying fantastic. into Johannesburg, basically flying or riding from Johannesburg down to Cape Town uh, by what they call it the Garden Route. Yeah. Pretty much just following the southern tip of Africa there. And then uh, the four days in Cape Town, and then fly back to Johannesburg and fly out of Johannesburg. Back Holy to shit. Boy, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. And you said all the bikes in this place are all BMWs? Correct. They're a BMW Motorrad uh, touring partner oh, com- good. company. Yeah. They've been around 18 years, I think. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you're getting your choice of bikes? Yeah, I went with the F800. Yeah. It's kind of... They had a 700, a 1200, and an 800. I think it's the Goldilocks bike. It's the, right in the middle. You know, <laughs> not too big, right. not too small, just yeah. right. I mean, with your experience, you've had a large displacement BMW as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. And you've taken all the riders' training courses, all the off-road training courses on the big bike. Correct. So it probably wouldn't be a challenge, but how about just more comfortable being on the 800? Um, the F800 is more like a dirt bike size yeah. bike. And in the dirt, that is certainly attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1150s or the 1200s, you can do them in the dirt, but it's just a totally different riding style. And um, those bigger bikes are more comfortable on, on road, but I think the more comfort off road with a smaller bike is a, a bigger payoff. A couple of weeks ago, we had some, like that that Christmas card snow, where it's you look out and it's just 12, 14 inches deep, and it's just that perfect texture that like skiers and snowboarders dream of mm. and I fired the KLR up and I took the KLR up and was playing in the snow with the KLR and it's amazing how much taller and heavier that bike got since the last time I rode it <laughs> <laughs> I swear to god man somebody's feeding that bike I know yeah. I've, been, I've had it in cold storage but somebody has been feeding that fucking bike because I went out and that's what happens it's the middle of winter I'm not tuned up Yeah, I know. What you and mean. I was riding around and I mean I lost that bike 8 different ways from Sunday where I know that a skilled rider, or me with some more skill, would have yeah. kept it upright. <clears throat> sure is a <laughs> sure is a reason to have a ninety around. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was very much thinking. Or seventy. Yep. I was I was out there playing around, going, "Wow, <laughs> like an XR two hundred would have been the perfect bike for oh, those yeah, conditions." Uh, see, I with all the snow, I wish we still had the three wheeler. I oh yeah, I uh, tried. Down, I mean, I would take my that DR two fifty out. Yeah, and it still was just a little bit too tall, a little too. You want something where you can be almost like kind yeah, of like bendy, like keep your feet, yeah, 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 just kind of have your outriggers out. And have it out for safety. Fine. Well, that's what the TW two hundreds were great for that because yeah. the yeah. low seat height, but the big tires too, and um, you keep your you'd be flat footed. It's enough motor to get you where you got to go. What's yeah. the What's the back rim on that thing? Fourteen. It's a fourteen in the yeah. back. You and could put you could put a front. fucking studded snow tire on the True. back of that. Yeah, thing. guys do that, or they put a, they put ATV motorcycle <laughs> tires or like yeah. super like chunky ATV tires on quad. Yeah, my uh, both of my uh, Yamahas, both of them have uh, ATV tires on them. Yeah, so both of them are set up that way. And, I mean, that's just the way that you set those up. The, the Yamaha big wheel, it's designed. I mean, those are ATV rims on there. So, But you get those really nice Chevron tires on there, and, boy, they'll go through just about anything. Wooly boogers. Yeah, wooly boogers. Get rid of the knobbies. They're fine. But, yeah, go to the Chevron tires. They'll be cool. Oh. Hey, Renee. You're still here. 
The uh, so so you're gonna do the BMW 800. So that'll be cool. And so they said you said 17 days. Right. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Should be three weeks from the time I leave to the time I get home. Yeah. Uh, depending on flight times and what kind of flight schedules I can arrange. That's epic. That is fantastic. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Is this the um, longest motorcycle trip that you've taken? No. No. Um, no. no. <laughs> to me, the dot. No. I love that. <laughs> nah, not even close. Well, I had to think about it now, but then, uh, <laughs> farthest away, maybe. I'm probably terribly naive, but to me, the most daunting part of that is going to be flying in the airplane. I don't like the flying part. 17 days of riding a motorcycle would be pleasurable. That well, thanks, Steve. Be... You said your like your wife doesn't fly, right? Or refuse to get on a plane. I just, I mean, a lot I of people. Like my brother's wife won't fly either. Yeah, but you can't get to a lot of places if you can't fly. I know. Right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, you could take a steamship. Right. Take a steamer. Wow. Boy, that's really something. But that's so the longest trip you've taken so far? I think Alaska was probably Alaska? The up and yeah. back. Both mileage wise, overall mileage mm-hmm. and also um distance. Okay, Renee just handed me something and the problem is ninety percent of the time when somebody hands me something, it's delicious. <laughs> like it's it's boozy and got an umbrella in it. <laughs> And I will say, that tastes really good. That does taste good. What is it? But it's a cold vanilla protein drink oh. of some sort. So it still tastes like... Is there alcohol in it? No. Oh. And it's cold, and it's vanilla. So basically, it tastes like they're trying to hide something. Trying as long to pass as Chris Smith didn't make it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Leftover from the uh, Urgicare. Renee, though, that oh. does taste good. That does taste delicious. The best that I've ever had. If that's uh, so, that's protein. So that's you know, so you don't. Oh, you I, I know a guy that used to use vodka and put metrics. Yeah, Mega yeah, Man really? into vodka. Yeah, there you go. That's strong. That's one way. Oh to yeah. Do it. No, I'm sorry. Uh, he the also smoked back in half a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he still went to the gym every day. He looks like horchata. You know, when she pours it out, I'm like, well, we got some rum in there. We'll be good to go. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was just like, oh, we got some stories. Some guys at yeah. work were on this protein powder and working yeah. out in the weight room all day. We dumped out all the protein powder and filled it up with um. And Jemima pancake. Oh. <laughs> that is the funniest goddamn thing ever. <laughs> These guys were eating it for like months. Oh Jesus Christ! Really? <laughs> they had no idea they were. So eating. they're mixing water with literally pancake mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It tastes delicious. Yeah, I'm sure. They're, right. they're used full to drinking the vanilla flavor. Full of calories too. Full of calories. <laughs> no protein. No protein. No protein at all. God, dang, no. Can't let it sit though. It would get. Well, no, you got. I mean, that's the whole thing about the protein drinks. You got to drink them right now. Yeah. You know, you don't. I don't dick around. I have fifty grams every morning, and I mean, it's everything I can do to get through it. But, wow, that's hilarious, Aunt Jemima. That's a dick move, man. Yeah, yeah. it's like I'm not losing any weight. And I'm not putting on any mass except for my fucking gut. Oh, you firefighters! You're so kooky. Yeah, a friend of mine's a firefighter. Can't in Cleveland fit in his, his bunker gear. Can't get up the goddamn ladder anymore. Doing protein drinks every morning. Lifting weights smells like maple. Maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Got a weird hankering for maple syrup all of a sudden. Yep. Why oh am I so God. tired? I just pooed a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason I want to put butter on you. <laughs> exactly. I can't even imagine. But the, oh, God, that is funny. Funny as hell. So, I mean, that's really cool. So Your Alaska trip when you did that, because I remember when you did that trip, that was the one that you literally did take a, a cruise. I mean, you took a ferry. On the way home, yeah. On the way home. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, that was uh, 2008. That yeah. was uh, like 25 days on that one. Man. Yeah, a big trip. That's that's cool. I know a lot of people do have that adventure, that adventure spirit of doing the Alcan Highway, but it is paved now. 
So yep. it's a bit of a different thing than it used to be. Yeah. It's now it's just a long fucking road. Yeah. That's for sure. Man, and it is a long, boring road. There's not a lot of roadside attractions to keep your mind going. There's not a lot of things to make you go like, oh, this is the most beautiful part of America. Because the first six or seven hours, you're kind of like in that grandeur mentality. Look at this. It's amazing. Got the ocean off to my left, and then it stops. <laughs> and then it's no longer grandeur. Then it's just, yep, more of this. And then you realize how far you've gone on the map, and it's not nearly far enough. And you're like, I have... I have 20 times more of this to get to Alaska. Yeah. Going oh. across uh, Saskatchewan yeah. and, uh, what was it? Man. Manitoba. Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. There's just not a lot going Wheat on. fields and uh, yeah. uh, wind farms. Yeah. And you're like, you would get used to thinking of the American mindset where wherever there's coast, wherever there's beach, wherever the land stops, people live there. Because the view, because of the water, because of the beach, because of whatever. That doesn't hold true up there. There's thousands of miles of nothing. Just That's where the land stops, and that's where the water is, and all there is is the road you're traveling on. The place isn't chock-a-brock with million-dollar homes taking advantage of the view. And it's, it's kind of weird when you get to a part of the world where you drive along. I did that in a Costa Rica trip. We're driving along going, it's 85 degrees. I've got the world's greatest view. I've got big fucking toucans and... Macaws and shit flying overhead. The jungle's full of monkeys. And I've got the ocean in front of me with all the fish I care to eat. And there's nobody living there. There's not a house. There's nothing. Well, come on, man. Turns out, we haven't filled the world up yet. Not yet. Everybody in the world could live on like a 50 by 100 plot in Texas. They <laughs> <laughs> can. Oh, really? So, so you, you take a 50 mile by 100 mile plot. It's not. It's mostly empty. <laughs> mostly empty. You just stuff them in and, you know, like a, a nice medium sized high rise. And just yeah, shove so them in elbows, in. but, you know. Yeah. You'd have a 300 trillion gallon wastewater plant there, though. Can you imagine <laughs> that? That's true. That is true. Well, we have a Steve Hoffert. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that is the, the funny thing. When you start traveling, uh, you'll know where you are in the world based on their toilet protocol. So in Costa Rica, the protocol was you do not flush any paper product at all. So like, if it comes out of your body, it goes in the toilet. But if you've wiped with it, it goes in the trash can next to the toilet. Ugh. Yeah, welcome to the whole goddamn country, man. That's because they probably go right out to the ocean. It's or whatever, well, or whatever, or they, or they're just smart. Primary treatment, right? Oh, or so they're just to look smart. at other people's dirty ass paper. Most of the toilets, most of the trash cans next to the toilet had a bin liner in them, and they had a flappy one of those flappy lids on it. The problem is, I will say this: there were a couple of gas stations that were out in the hinterlands where I was traveling, where I. Um, I had my used toilet paper, and I went to dispose of it in the flappy-lidded gas, you know, you know, uh, receptacle. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know how those things work, right? Um, the toilet paper is not heavy enough to make the the lid flap and go all the way around. So you do have to put your hand on. Like you you got to push it to get your hand to go, you know, to get the toilet paper to go down. And then you're like, yeah, no, I couldn't have put my foot. On. I was thinking like, if I put my foot up high enough, I can activate the trap door mechanism with my foot. And so I was like, okay, so I got a little bit more toilet paper, and I put it on my fingertips, and I, I had my, my poo-soaked toilet paper, and I, I activated the thing and shoved my thing in, 
but it wasn't enough, and the weight of it just flicked it right back out oh, on the floor. Hey. Oh. I was like, so I had to go for round two. It took me four tries to put my toilet paper in the goddamn trash can. And meanwhile, so, every time I'm like, like you said, I gotta cut my hand off. But, so the next time he stops, he goes to the roadside and gets a rock. Mary, what are you doing? <laughs> gonna oh, load boo. up the trap door. Huh? That's I was thinking about just. I was thinking about just having a, a, a poo stick, so I could just have a poo stick and use that method. But yeah, but that is Costa Rica. Is uh, Pura Vida is all about. I wonder if they toilet paper goes in the can next somebody, to the toilet. Somebody I know went to Europe mm-hmm. in some outlying area of Eastern slash almost to Russia. Yeah, and the the story Poland? was there's no toilet paper. Yeah, and it's the the squat over yeah, the squat ground hole. Oh, the bidet and. Yeah. They basically ask somebody, what do you do? Right. You know, it's, well, you kind of clean yourself with your hand, and then you wash, you your, wash hands. your hands. Absolutely. Oh, oh dude, I was... Oh. oh, no, I've already been to three or four places where that is the protocol. Yeah. Corn, I'd be like, go looking for leaves. a tree outside before you... I, I, oh, in India they have a, a bucket with a wet rag in it. A bucket with a wet rag. They just walk through the river and shit and walk out. Okay. Wipe your ass for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you That's have to job. Wa- and you have to wash the rag first before you can use it. <laughs> no, not as long as there's free trade publications that I can get on the way in. And be and like, this is why we love living in <sighs> America. That's why Steve Hoffert will always have a job. Right. <laughs> they pay him for it. That's it. The, uh, we can wipe our butts like civilized human beings. Pair of pants with a little built-in toilet dispenser right down here. Yes. The wastewater plant does not have concierge service. It does not Where does your poo go? Well, Steve can tell you. Well, it's good. So the, it, was, uh, it was a flush toilet? Yeah, they're all flush toilets. You know what I'll tell you? Here's what I'll tell you. They don't want the paper going down the toilet. And every restaurant you go into, any business you're going to, if there's Americans around, there's a sign that says... Don't flush your toilet paper. Put it in the trash can. And it's in English because they're looking out for you. But when you get away from the tourist areas, there's just no sign anymore. I would anymore. be like, you know what? Did, were you tempted to just say? I would just flush it. Once you know the rules, I would at least go to the asshole. travel agent and go, you could have told me this. I mean, I could have bought some septic fucking disposal. I mean, i got to watch what stuff I buy for the septic. Of course. Toilet paper. RV toilet paper. <laughs> there the you go. Right, sure, that's great. But you know what? It's not that big of a deal. And they all did have soap in them. They all, you, know, you were able to wash your hands and stuff. Yeah. My funny thing was when I'm in the bathroom, and you realize you know, Costa Rica is not exactly the Hilton. Uh, so like a lot of the doors and a lot of the restrooms, um, they don't get snow there. right? So things don't seal. There's no such thing as like a seal or what you know a draft down weather stripping weather stripping these are things you can't even buy in that fucking country so it's just like there's cracks and there's holes put in the bottom of your door so the lizards can come and go yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't want to trap the poor exactly you wouldn't want to trap them find a dead lizard right let them go right so there's holes and stuff so the lizards can get out <laughs> i love playing trap the lizard right like, so let your lizard go so there's just like a lot of stuff where you're just kind of like you look at the door and I looked at the door in this one bathroom I was in, and I was like, this door could survive any nuclear holocaust. It's a sheet metal, eighth of an inch steel door. With a hole in it. With a hole down at the bottom for animals to come and go as they please, but with a sliding lock on it that is the same thing that they're using to keep the walking dead out of, like, Arlington, Virginia. Right? <laughs> or to close the right. submarine door. It sounds like a flying J truck stop it, door. Oh, it's so heavy duty, it's ridiculous. <laughs> And I was just like, because everything here is like you build it once and it's just there forever because you don't have to worry about the salt you know, or the wind or the snow or whatever 
screwing up your plans. It's just kind of nice there all the time. So, uh, yeah, and it's cool, and you don't have to pay income tax, so that's nice. Uh, but it's, it's neat. So when you go to South Africa, you got to get some shots before you go. Yeah, it's probably give so. You, give you like a diphtheria shot or something? Probably, yeah, yeah. yellow fever, dengue fever. Goddamn. Uh, no, I don't think they have the Zika Have over you there. read about dengue fever? No. Have you learned about it? No. So the first time you get it, it makes you really, really sick. Okay. The second time you get it, it kills you. Okay. <laughs> right. So there you go. Yeah. So, so I would, get, so I would get that shot. Yeah. Really get like a foul. And then, right. uh, so the first time you get dengue time. fever, it makes you really, really sick. Your stomach's up. You got a stomach problem. You got muscle problems. You basically can't move. You're going to be laid low for about six or seven weeks. Mm. And then the second time you get dengue fever, you you just die. So <laughs> we'll probably just avoid it altogether. Right. <laughs> Have fun on your motorcycle trip there. <laughs> Should be a the first time you want to, the second time you just yeah. So you it gives you a whole new respect for so mosquitoes. So the first time you yeah. get it, you don't build up an immunity. No, not at all. In fact, the first time you get it, you are susceptible to having it. Um, the second time you're going to have a blood. Bye, Renee. The second time you're going to have hemorrhagic symptoms. Uh. So the first time you get it, you're going to have this like neuro symptom, and the second time you get it, you're going to die. So most people that get it the first time, they become extremely cautious about getting it again. I guess you would. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Especially because the people that I talked to are the guy on our ATV tour had it um, in Costa Rica, and he had it, and he said it wiped him out for six weeks, seven weeks, but. After he had it, then he's got to take uh, antivirals and has to be extremely careful not to ever get it again. And I guess three or four people in the village he lived in got it. So they went around and, like, cleaned up everything they could have in there that could possibly have mosquitoes breeding in it. Man. And, uh, what actually causes it? I guess it's mosquitoes. Yeah, I guess oh, it's so it's just a mosquito-borne virus? I think it might be. Yeah. I, well, it's an insect-borne virus. Like, you know. Well, it's like Zika. Same thing. Sure, you know? yeah. There's a whole Malaria, lot of that. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot of that stuff yeah. out there. That's the, the, the whole Zika thing. They, the they, flying they, hypodermic injection system? Yeah. yeah. They, they go around and it's clean up like... It's uh, genetically tires. <laughs> they're, right. water they're not real them. mosquitoes. They're mosquito dunks. They're robots. Mosquito <laughs> Well, they said that the, the main spread of the Zika virus in in Brazil yeah. is caused by genetically modified mosquitoes oh. yeah. that they put in there to stop the other mosquitoes from giving you a different disease. Oh, really? <clears throat> but they said that most of the, the microcephaly was caused by the pesticides they used to try to kill the mosquitoes to do whatever. That it was more of a chem- the Microcephaly is caused by chem- our own chemicals, not by the Zika virus itself. And why am I not it. more troubled by that? Yeah, it's more troubling. I should is the virus. But I should be really fucking pissed about it. But you hear that. it and you're like, eh, it doesn't surprise me. But I'm just like, it doesn't surprise me at all. That's big pharma. That's every, every medicine you take. Thank you, Barry Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally. Why am I okay with that? Why am I okay with that? Brazilian's tiny head. Fuck is wrong with me? You go to the doctor because you're being worse than a disease. Let's not move on to conspiracy. You go to the doctor because you're a little bit sick. They give you a medicine that's going to make you fucking bleed out your ass and die. I I don't know. It's a very strange thing. So yeah, South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Rory, have fun. So South Africa. So what's the um, what uh, what's I mean, I know I just came off the Costa Rica trip, so I had some kind of interesting wildlife. What's the wildlife in South Africa? There's a number of game drives you go on. Cool. Some of them are on boats where you actually go out in a, at night, you go out on a boat, 
there's hippos and oh, crocs. Oh, you spot hippos and stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Hippos and crocs, like, in the lake, they come right up the boat, and they said you can see their eyes glowing. And yeah. The, the yeah. moonlight and stuff. But right. There's, this company I'm going with actually has a special permission. They're the only company that rides motorcycles through some of the game lands. Okay. Usually, if you go on the game drives, you have to be in, like, a... you got to be in a safari Jeep car. or a, yeah. a big bus or something. Yeah. We're actually going to be able to ride motorcycles through, like... Safari preserves. That's fantastic. And those preserves are all over down there. I mean, there's, yeah. there's not just one. There's, no, that's there's, there's kind of the way it works. You know, yeah, places all over. Some of them are private. Some of them are like national parks. One of know. the things I I can't remember whether I was in North Africa when I heard this, but it's a real popular thing. With so let's just say for the sake of argument, you owned. 500 acres, 600 acres. Well, maintaining that 600 acres can be expensive. But if you are willing to say, "I'm going to sign the, uh, I'm going to sign the, the control rights to this 500 acres over to the government and make it a national park," then they're going to give you a stipend Sorry. to maintain okay. that. So a lot of the places have become national parks just because the cost of owning them was too high for the people who did. Yeah. So the national parks just kind of exploded over there. There's a lot of national parks, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. A lot more interesting places to ride, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. As long as I mean, somebody doesn't get a Weatherby, a bead with a Weatherby on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's. It seems like I John mean, Wayne Hattari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe Berg is like everything I've seen from that. It looks like I mean, it looks like Johannesburg's a pretty fucking amazing town. So, yeah, I haven't really started looking into those. Yeah. Exactly what's going to be to do. I'm just going to put mm-hmm. myself in the hands of these people, and that's the. Oh, you're going to have a blast. One of the advantages of going with a guided tour: the right. people know where to go. They're they're going to ensure you have a good time. Right. Well, you can go see a Diadford concert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. Go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> and then um, we're also going to go through Swaziland, which is like yeah. an island country that's completely Swaziland. surrounded by. By true. South Africa, so that's right. yeah. those are the two countries. Uh, yeah, South Africa and Swaziland, and um, that's a very cool adventure. When I'm in that three or four day layover in Cape Town, too, we're going to go on a shark dive where you get in the cage and go in the water with the great whites. There you go. I'm scared shitless. You of, should of be sharks, <laughs> and uh, I want to face my fear. I really yeah. want to just like go in there. Yeah, and, you're um, kind of turning <laughs> yourself into an MRE. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with 17 days of riding a motorcycle in Africa, but I'm scared shitless, shitless of being in a cage around sharks. Yeah, exactly. being on a motorcycle, not being able to get away from like a big cat or something. Yeah. like you don't have any protection. I think cheetahs can only run like 60 miles an hour. And right, so, uh, and thrust we try. I can ride yeah. faster than 60. I don't care what the terrain. <laughs> right, is, exactly. You know what? I, I think any big cat would be scared shitless of a motorcycle. And it's you know the old joke: yeah. you don't have to be the fastest rider. You no, just you just to, don't. Just don't be the slowest. Exactly. <laughs> Only one cheetah. All you got to do is outrun one guy. You know? <laughs> on day one, yeah. On day Maybe one, down to six fifty. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> on day one, I've already figured out in my group who was the slowest rider. Yeah. And on if you haven't one, figured out who it was, it's you. It's you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On day one, I would already know who's the slowest rider. Yeah. That's all I got to know. Yep. That's great. I'd lower his tire pressure five psi every day. <laughs> yep. That's a. Oh, and what's? Oh, 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 oh. What's that sound? Oh, wildebeests. Oh, there's a whole herd of them. Well. <laughs> Sucks to be you, pal. <laughs> That's it. But that, I mean, that is pretty cool. Have you seen the video where the the shark cage? Yeah. I where, the, the sh- where the shark gets into the shark cage? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then the shark, the great white, gets out of the shark cage? Yeah. And then the diver and the comes up. Yeah. yeah. I have seen it. 
Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Houdini. Because apparently shit. Houdini reincarnated. Apparently shit is shark repellent. Because <laughs> as soon as that shark came into my cage, I would have shit water. You would have thought you were in a river. The way that water turned You're brown. Like a squid. Oh my god. Yes. Exactly. I inked him. Right. And that's why the shark got out of the cage so fast. The shark got out of the cage so fast because he was like, wow. Pizza and coffee. Really? <laughs> Corn. The Monday Pizza defense. and coffee. All right. I can't see for all the peanuts. <laughs> it's the peanut defense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's fucking cool, man. That is a very cool trip. That's excellent. Um, uh, Someday I'm going to be a fireman, so I can do that, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the gig. Yeah, we should all be lucky enough to have a kind of a job that gives us enough time that we can go have very long motorcycle adventures. Yeah, I yeah. want to be a fireman now, but I'm too old. Yeah, that's true. I'm considering a segue to teaching. Mm-hmm. I should have listened teaching? to my friend Marty, man. Teaching. 20 years ago when he became right. a fireman. Yeah. He told me, he's like, dude, you should do this because you, hey. get, you get time off to have a second career. If you got a bachelor's degree in Cleveland, you can become a teacher like now. Right now. Yeah. You can. If you get a bachelor's degree, you can like, they're, they're saying, forget about any Desperate. teaching certificate or anything. You are officially now a teacher. I'll do that when I retire. Yeah, right? I'll be subbing. Double down. Yeah, double down. Right. I mean, I can sub. Of course you can. You don't just go in and I work, man. I taught in Cleveland schools when I started out. There you go. Yeah. Just Max make sure Hayes. you have your body armor on. I'm thinking Max yeah, that's, Hayes. That's, yeah. <laughs> I was at Jane Adams, and it was pretty... But those kids... I mean, yeah. I felt sorry for the kids. Of I course you sorry. do. Those kids yeah. don't only know, like, four blocks of their entire yeah. world, and they didn't even know where Lake Erie was. Right. And they lived, like... Ten blocks away from Lake Erie. Um, when you start to travel a little bit, you forget how good we have it. I made the mistake of talking to a person that was leading me on a tour who I was lulled into a sense of like, well, I'm on an adventure, and this guy's running the adventure, so clearly this is an adventure-type person. So I looked at the guy, and I was like, I was like, well, I said, when was the last time you were in Vegas? And this Costa Rican fellow looked at me and went, I've never been to Vegas like, like, well, you might as well ask him if they've been to the moon. Exactly. Yeah. And the guy, the guy looked at me like and I. He was makes insane. you feel like a bit of an ass. And I felt like a fucking dick knuckle. I was just like, I instantly was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, wow, Excuse right. me, what's a dick that's, knuckle? <laughs> the, uh, that's gonna be the name of my boat if I ever get one. <laughs> dick knuckle. <laughs> I've had a dick knuckle my whole life, so I don't know what you guys are. Um, Gotta get that looked at. Yeah, <laughs> I've had it looked at. I wasn't sure what was going on with it, but apparently it's okay. A lot of guys have them. The uh... <laughs> when you're playing Superman and miss, <laughs> you, a, you, you now have a dick knuckle. You get a dick knuckle. <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, I made the mistake of being like, and you just feel like yeah, you do feel like a fucker. That sounds like the game of slapdick. I would. I don't think that's fun at all. The. Uh, so we want to talk about... Uh, What's that right there? Easy. <laughs> play that game. Uh, we do want to talk about tips you know from your garage and stuff that you like to do in your garage to make your life a little bit easier. Are you What, what are you watching, that shark video? Yeah, yeah. Shit, no, that thing's fucking... I will tell you, if you look up that video of the shark getting into the shark cage and then the shark getting out of the shark cage... And by the way, the shark leaves via the top of the shark cage. The, shot, the shark gets into the shark cage through the very narrow bars on the side that sharks aren't supposed to get in through. Once again, engineering fail. And it's not a little shark. It's a big fucking shark. There's no doubt that shark could eat you. It's like Jaws material. It is Jaws material. And how the shark leaves through the sunroof, right? And then, ten seconds later, the diver comes out. Well, technically that's a moonroof. 
Yes, it is. If you can stand up in it, it's a moon roof. If you can shoot the moon, it's a moon roof. Uh, but yeah, fucking hilarious. So I was thinking about stuff and little techniques and tricks. So I, the first one I want to get the I'll get the ball rolling, but I'll I'll donate one. The first thing is, if you're working on vintage motorcycles, do not pass go. Immediately right now, get on your Amazon account and buy the uh, Impacta screwdrivers. JIS. Yeah, sure. Okay, so who's the company that makes them? Vezera? Um, shit, doesn't matter, but Impacta. Type in Impacta. They come from Japan, and they are JIS. We all said this in the podcast many times before. JIS is not Philips, and Philips is not JIS. Where Philips does not work, JIS does work. So, JIS impact to screwdrivers. JIS is Japanese industrial, industrial standard. standard. Exactly. Right. And the sizes are different. We, they do not do one, two, three. They do not do like a Phillips where it's a one, two, three Phillips. They are a little bit different. You will look at the websites selling them and you will immediately be able to figure out which is which. But get yourself at least the equivalent of a JIS 2 and a JIS 3. Um, if you're down at JAS-1, you probably don't need to have a goddamn, or uh, Philips-1, you probably don't need to have an impact to get it apart. But by buying these $22 worth of screwdrivers, you're going to be super happy. You're going to write me a thank you note because you just put this thing on the fastener you're trying to remove and you whack it with a hammer. And built into this screwdriver is an, a reverse impact driver. Not tightening, just loosening because we don't want to be impacting anything tight. So whack it, take it apart. That's the first thing. Get the JIS Impacta, buy them. It's a brand name. Buy it by that name. I've given you everything you need to know. Amazon or eBay, Impacta, Impact with an A on the end of it, JIS, which looks like a Phillips head, but it's not one or two, the equivalent of like one, two, or three. Your choice. They come in a bunch of different lengths. Okay, first one. Well, along, can I yeah. just Go ahead, fire away, man. I would buy the Impact... I would buy the impact bits too, because I like to use. That's my I next statement. Cor- oh, yeah, it's my next yeah. statement. While we're on the trend of impact, because my whole thing is like taking shit apart. If things Instantly. come apart easily, the job is easier. Your whole mindset for the job is better if you don't have to cut the fucker apart. Well, one, one, your best one buggered up screwhead, one buggered yeah. up bolt that you have to wrestle with and grind and off and drill out and tap out and terrible worry that you yeah. you're going to ruin a case or something yep. and you're because irreparable damage yep then go to harbor freight and buy the small the quarter inch drive impact driver little fucker little thing mm-hmm. i mean we all know what the 3 8 inch drive impact driver looks like cuz we were all given them when we were children or we stole one from the neighbor next door and never returned it it's the big silver looking <laughs> thing you can rotate it left and rotate it right and it has a bunch of bits. Well, they do make that in a quarter-inch drive size. They make it in a smaller size. And it's cool because all of your small bits, all your hex head bits that you use in your various different devices or implements of destruction will work in those devices. So you get that small... Yeah. In the, in the, quarter, in the <laughs> right. quarter-inch socket on exactly. the quarter-inch drive. Exactly. So you get all these little bits that come with every stocking stuff or wrench set you've ever got in your life or screwdriver set you got in your life. They all have these little bits that have all the different varieties or flavors of fastener on them. Phillips head, you know, one through three. Standards, you know, flatheads, one through three. And then some Torxes and some M8s, some Allen heads. You get all these things, and they go into the tip of that little traditional impact driver that you whack with a hammer. It's good for tightening. It's also good for loosening. Don't ever use it to tighten. Just use it to loosen. 
If you're not sure, hold it against the floor, push down on it, see which way it rotates. Then hit it with a hammer. Okay? That taking things apart that way, if you're not sure, if you're looking at an eight millimeter hex head fastener, an eight millimeter bolt sticking out of the side of an engine case, and you're going, I'm gonna put my quarter inch drive eight millimeter socket on there, and I'm gonna turn it and it's gonna come apart. Oh. You're about five seconds from finding out the hard way what it sounds like when one of those fasteners breaks in half. So and now you got a shaft is five millimeters. Exactly. Millimeter. Right. The shaft in the middle of it is very thin. It's been there for 30 fucking years, and it's non-homogeneous metals. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. You're going to find out that it's actually seized in place because it's a mild steel fastener going into a cast casing. The dielectric. That's Aluminum right. cast casing. It's a, it's a cast casing. Yeah. And so a cast casing, you are literally, those threads are growing. Dissimilar metals yep. and galvanic mm-hmm. reaction. They're growing tendrils. They're growing anchors into the cast casing. So when you do get on there and you're like, oh, look, it's quarter-inch drive. Nobody ever got hurt by a quarter-inch drive. I'm just going to back this fucker off. And there's Ding. 20 fucking case bolts staring at you. And now you just broke off three of them. You're going to be there all night. I mean, you're, literally, your 10-minute job is turned into a three-hour job. I'll usually, if there's any doubt at all, yep. and th- this can maybe this can be part of, part of mine, or whatever, it's a freebie. So go ahead and, um, yeah, yeah, fire it away. Even if you're going to use an impact, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's advantageous, especially if the, the, the thing's a bolt head and not a screw, yep. you don't want to screw it up. Yep. Um, take a drift. I've got aluminum, I've Absolutely. got brass, yep. I've got mild steel drifts, mm-hmm. and just... Give it, a, give it a good solid, yeah, because what's happening, and I know you they can't see those, this, but, yeah. you know, the fingers it, it are shocks out. the threads. I mean, exactly. It's, it's oh. the equivalent. If somebody's got their fingers laced and, and wrap hit it their 20 hands. Times. Yep. I mean, and I used to like this on some of them because yep. I wasn't using the proper screwdrivers. Right. But yep. on some of them, I'd wrap it with a Phillips screwdriver until I could let go and the screwdriver was Would stuck. Would stick in the stuck fucking stuck fastener. <laughs> before I even tried to turn it. Yeah, because those bolts are all mostly lead. Like, those bolts from the bikes that are 30 years old, aren't really great steel. They're not really high-carbon steel. So what I'm going to tell you is by using that extractor, by using an impact driver, and I'm not talking about the Milwaukee impact driver that's 18 volts and it's going to spin that fucker under the moon. Any small fasteners, do not go get a little butterfly air. air, Stay away from air. Stay away from air. Air kind of thing. Because it's going to go, and it's going to strip out the head. Those really, those small 12-volt Milwaukee's that are this big? Yep. We almost, know. they don't have much torque. No, they don't. But uh, no, I guess my, that's what I, I use. Those all I, the time. I use them all the time. That's great and, and that's cool. But I guess what I'm saying is for the player at home, yeah. for the home gamer, go ahead and get the $5 hit it with a yeah. hammer impact tool because you can creep up on it. Well, you can go tap, tap, top, tap, tap. This thing's cool. And what yep. they also you do, can though, adjust the torque you can use it. the drill. And even though they don't have a lot of right. torque, most of them lock up when yep. you're not holding the trigger. Absolutely. So you can push on that as hard as you can and then mm-hmm. use the whole tool to just go, yep, and give yep. it a little. And you have the, instead of a little screwdriver head, you have the whole handle and the whole tool. In, and just in turn the whole tool the, and we'll crack it. In lieu of the $160 Milwaukee Impact uh, drill driver, what have you, um, just get <clears> the little fucking chrome-plated bullshit $5 thing. Have it in your toolbox. Um you know, you should have it in your toolbox. It's small. It's smaller than, like, a good-sized Sharpie marker. Like, it's not a big tool. It's small. And if you have that, you got a small, lightweight hammer, you're Ruh-roh. probably not going to, probably not going to damage anything. I always wanted to buy, like, so. a nice T-handle, like a like T-handle yep. with a quarter-inch, and so you could just... Yep. I've got T-handles for everything, but the problem is when you build torque 
like that slowly and you have that much leverage, you're going to break. Yeah. Towards you, your friend or your enemy. Right. So it's good if you can tap it. If you can just kind of like, hey, shake it up. There's a lot of sediment in there. No, no, no. Don't shake it. Don't shake it up. No, no. Okay, don't. He didn't shake it yet. Do you know what this looks like? When I got to pee really bad, but I don't want to get off the couch. We've all done it. Trucker bomb. Yeah, I've seen that way along the side. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? That looks exactly yeah. what Chris Smith has brought in. Looks exactly what it looks like. Trucker bomb. That looks like when I'm like kind of diuretic. Three hours after I've filled an inappropriate bottle with my recycle. Yeah. It's it's like when I'm dehydrated. <laughs> well, especially the cloudy bits at the bottom. Yeah. Because that's no. That's how you know you're eating good. Oh, there's a story carbs. behind that. All those extra carbs down there. Well, tell us the story. Mr. Chris Smith shows up late to the podcast. I apologize. But he brings a bottle with a gross loopy top in it. So that is yeah. what's called Sicer. Sicer. C- C-Y-S-E-R. And it's it, kind of like Shisa. Well, <laughs> might be. Might be, yeah. Nice. So that is apple cider, fresh apple cider from uh, greater Cleveland area okay. with uh, five pounds of honey in it. Ha! And uh, so we started out seven. Well, no, no, no. Seven <laughs> gallons of cider, five bottle. pounds of honey, okay, and then right. a champagne yeast yeah. to yeah. ferment it out. Right. And uh, so this is the result here. Um, I apologize so about how many pounds of honey? Five pounds of honey. Jesus Christ! It's like twenty percent honey. Yeah. And wow. uh, and 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 the champagne yeast is is strong enough to ferment out the sugars from the honey. So this is what we got. So. It's it's not completely balanced, but I'd like some opinions from the. Uh... Okay, well, seeing as that my mouth is pure, as I've only drank the champagne of beers, uh, <laughs> get into it. Let me try it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm going to so, tell to our podcast listeners. I'm going to go my ahead, palate. and I think I will actually take a photograph of this if I might, because it is kind of interesting. Show notes. It is, yeah, for show notes. It is it is very interesting looking when you look at the amount of sediment involved. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of sediment. Yeah, it smells like it smells like Mostly, what you think it should. Yeah, cider kind of stuff. That's good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's not harsh at all. It's del- it's delicate. No carbonation. Yeah, it's, no, it's yeah, got it's, carbonation. Yeah, it's self carbonated. Settled, yeah. 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 Can I pour a little bit in this glass? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. be careful of the the sediment. Apparently. Well. You know, sediment's going to play out. Right. This is probably going to be a lot like the sparkling cider that we get in the middle. For it does have a yeast well, tornado in the middle. <laughs> Don't we all? Do you have an idea of the alcohol content? You, you know what? The uh, the starting oh, gravity was about... That's all over the place, man. That's okay. That's okay because... Yeah. Feeding the floor. It started really cool. about 1086. 1086 fermented down to about 1006. About 80 points. Yeah. So Impressive. if you do your math, yeah. it comes out to be about 17% alcohol. Yeah. No, that's bullshit. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can tell you by taste, and it's somewhere between like a, a beer and a cheer wine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I mean, still it's a beer it's, and a cheer. Beer and a cheer. Yeah. Yeah. I, pretty, I like it because it's it's not as sweet as those uh, you know store bought ciders. I know it's it's definitely got a, a you know, very nice. You decant that properly, you would have that sediment. No, if if I didn't fill it wrong. I'm going to wait for it to settle. He's going to fat. He's going to. It's going to take you two days to wait for it. Two pieces of cheesecloth and one pair of dirty old underwear, and you do that. (laughs) Costa Rican toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And he settles it down by throwing in a couple of charcoal briquettes. (laughs) Yeah, that's how he takes the edge off of it. Oh, that's pretty cool. What do you think? Irish moss. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's. (laughs) 
it's it's so cloudy to, to have it drop out. It all dropped out, and yeah. uh, so it was it was clear as a bell. But once you start moving it, yeah, yeah. you know that's what you get. God love you people that like to make things. You know, you're charcuterie, and people are brewing and distilling and making their own spirits and having a good Home time steady. with that. We're all steady. Like. Yeah, no shit. Well, right? we'll be able to survive the apocalypse because we can make booze. I was just going to say, if if the apocalypse happens, I need Chris Smith so I can have Next sausage. Door. Yeah, sausage and If we booze. get to the point where I'm having to have people make things for me, I've lasted too long. Well, I want to give you your last drink going out there. Yeah. You and my wife are in the same boat. She's like, I went out with the first wave. I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to live hard enough and be like, yeah. Steve, we're taking the people eating. People. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Give me your. When I was in prison. Give me your opinion. A plastic bag, a couple of slices you know. of white bread, and an orange. I can get you loaded. Right. This is exactly. <laughs> What do they call Shit. that stuff? Pruno. Pruno, right. Pruno. <laughs> Carried around in your pants for a while. Did mm-hmm. you say when you were in... Got to keep the temperature up. I knew that up. That's good. That's I'm trying to build my street cred. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how did you become a firefighter? <laughs> Spin in a little bit. Right. Yeah, I got to keep. got to work it up. So we're talking about things that you have or things that you do in the garage to make your life easier that we can pass on to podcast listeners, hopefully save them a lot of time the next time they're trying to take on a mission. Just going uh, in the garage makes my life easier. Going in the garage and just closing the door, literally <laughs> going in the fucking garage and shutting the door. Uh, so and turning all the vehicles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just laying down for a nap. Switch lumber and golf me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is exactly. Oh, they sound so good when they're all running together. Oh, I'm so sleepy. I'm so warm. So, John, what do you got? Any any tech tips for the wrench savvy? I mean, I, I, I'm all over the board on it. You, you know, are? Between, like, electrical things. I mean, you know, like, if you're working on anything electrical, always have a battery charger hooked up to it so that you're not killing That's your right. battery. That's I mean, right. you could sit there and play with your turn That's singles for absolutely. hours if you have a, a charger hooked up yep. to it. Yep. And, and it may, you know... It and you'll get fooled every fucking time by low voltage. Yeah. And you'll be like, this is fine. It's not shorting out. I'm cool. This is working. Then get it up to its operational voltage and amperage and find the fucking short. Your op- ulti- your optimal surface when dealing with small little fidgety things like carburetors, and even when you're taking things apart on a bike, is a rag, a nice wet, yeah. clean rag. That way, when you drop something, it just stops. You ever heard of the it, yeah. it, you know, a non bounce surface is wonderful. You ever heard of the term ABC all or ABK always be knolling? So the knolling is this thing. This basically when you take the world around you, everything on your workbench, and you just line it up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you just fucking line it up so there's a sense of order to it. Obsessive compulsive. Well, it is. <laughs> but, well, but the idea is, yeah, if you've got problem. if you've got a cluttered workbench, yeah. Now you can have the same amount of shit on your workbench, but if it's cluttered, you're going to lose that jet under that thing. Yeah. You're going to lose that yep. needle under that thing. You're going to lose that damn it clipper, that spring That's under why that I like thing. A nice placemat because yep. as long as everything stays on that placemat, you yeah. know where it's Get at. Get a roll of butcher paper. And I would take, I mean, I could tear like apart a whole towels. bike, take yep. all the fasteners and put them in a can when I'm taking it apart. Right. But when I go to put it back together, yep. lay I lay out all, all, I organize all yep. the bolts this si- by size and yep. lay them all out. That way you know if you have. If you have ten holes in here, but there's one that's a long one, you know that okay. you just got to find where the long Let one goes. Let me expound on that too. If you're taking a side case off or something, yep. 
Just a piece of cardboard. Yeah, yeah that's with, what with, I did. With a template or a gasket, yeah, draw it on there real quickly, and just yeah. put put the bolts in the holes that yeah. they came out of. That's uh, exactly what I do, man. You, you can, can make life so floor. much easier. Yeah, shop floor is also your worst enemy. Like yep. a nice clean floor, or like a a low pile rug Sweep on the floor before you start. And just have a uniform there. So if you drop something, it yeah. sticks out. You don't yeah. spend an hour. I don't know. If I had all the time in my life that I spent crawling around the floor looking for a tiny little piece of something, it, it would have saved. Yeah. Again, this is the time when I was in the service. I was working on a bicycle in my barracks room. I dropped a small Allen-headed, like, four-millimeter screw. Mm-hmm. It hit the ground and then vaporized. Yeah. Disappeared. One bounce and gone. Okay. So they go into a different dimension. Being <laughs> slightly OCD as I am, I'm going to tear the whole room apart till I find it. Just right. I'm not giving on up. principle, right? I have to find it. And I, my wall locker was open. That screw had bounced, tumbled into the wall locker. I had a pair of pants hanging in the wall locker that had cuffs. It went into the cuff of the pants, sweet, hanging Jesus. from a hanger in the locker. How long did that take you to find? About six hours. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but when I found it, I was like. Fuck you. The best. Fuck you. I win. <laughs> best day of my life. Yeah. I found that fucking... And uh, I had more screws. I could put another screw in there, but I'm like, where did it go? It had to go somewhere. I wanted to solve the mystery. I don't yeah. know how many times, like three months later, I found the screw I lost. Yeah. Well, they're everywhere. I, and, and it was in plain sight. They're always like behind your toolbox or what I have had the ultimate indignity of in the tread of my shoe. Yeah. No. In the tread of my fucking boot. And I tore the place apart, tore the fucking place down, and it specialized piece of hardware. I have one in the tread of my car tire. Yeah, yeah. Not puncturing the tire. No. Just, just hanging out. Yeah, that's usually a yeah. sheet metal screw. Do not work yeah. on in grass, gravel, or no. anything like that. Put no. something on the Put ground. Put something on the ground. Like you said, uh, the, that Berber indoor carpet with no pile to it whatsoever. If it falls, it's not going to bounce a mile and a half. Because, yeah, on a hard concrete floor like this... You drop an M4 fastener on this, and it no, will go 900 feet. Yeah, it's yeah. going to bounce at least 15 <laughs> yeah. feet away. It's an impossible. Us. It's like it's theoretically impossible how far it will go. But we should do that for the podcast. We what? should do a, a, a drop fastener test? drop test. No, it's <laughs> well, it depends on how many fasteners are. So yeah. here's the rule: <laughs> if the carburetor you're working on has four fasteners that size, and you drop it, it'll fall into like one inch. Well, uh, well, but if it has one fastener that size, it'll go a mile and a half. Or the springs yeah. out of the, out yeah. of the air screw. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they cross over into a different dimension. They do. I've had great luck finding stuff, too, by just sweeping the floor with a strong <coughs> magnet. You just well, take a magnet, get down on your hands and knees, and just do, like, great We have them all here. Uh, you can buy them at Harbor Freight, once again. Harbor Freight. Uh, they're not sponsors yet, but my guy working on it. But they do make the magnets on sticks. Magnets on a stick. They have little wheels on the for side like, or no wheels roofers, on the side. Like roofers, like roofers. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have them all. We have here. That will do dick oh, for you. They won't do <laughs> fuck for a brass <laughs> goddamn pilot jet <laughs> or a spring. We need that special brass magnet. And they don't have those <laughs> at Harbor Freight. <laughs> no, those are super powerful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those are real expensive. But uh, the other thing that you can do to go back to where you are, butcher paper comes in rolls. Mm-hmm. You can get it in white or you can get it in brown. And I buy a roll of it, and that's about seven bucks. And every time I'm doing a carburetor teardown or a motor teardown, I take my, my shop workbench and I just roll the butcher paper out over the shop workbench. So then I have a writing surface. I can write my notes mm, on my butcher nice. paper. Heck, you can even push bolts or stuff. Right well, and that's the, the other thing is I can push the bolts right through the paper if I need to. And if I drop something, I know right where it is. It's on the fucking butcher paper. Just having that uniform yeah. color. Yeah, and you know, it background. makes my life so much easier. And then when I'm done with the job and everything's back together again, then you just throw that away. 
And then when you do the next job, butcher paper comes out again. And it's not because I want to keep my work surface clean. My work surface isn't clean. It's 20 years old. It's gouged up and torn up. But this makes it easier. My, when I'm flipping a motor over, it doesn't catch on the wood on the top of my toolbox or my workbench. The butcher paper is, I, I don't know, it's remarkably more resilient than you think it is. Yeah. And it works. Brought to you by the butcher paper makers of America. It's like the bench at the doctor's office. It's like the bench at the doctor, the gynecologist. That's exactly it. And I was like, well, and at the end of my. Yeah. That's when you go to the doctor's office and get up there. Well, I just have a bungee cord going through the the tube of butcher paper. You probably have a bungee cord going right through it. It's at the end of my workbench, so it's right there. And I just peel it off, lay it down, and then start my work. But it's amazing how many times I need that for taking notes. And when I'm taking notes at something, and I want to, like, I'm taking something apart, what better thing than to make a little note about how I'm taking it apart to know how it goes back together again? Put a picture on your cell phone. Yeah. yeah. Pictures. The pictures on oh, the cell idea. phone and the Ziploc yeah, bags. Yeah, cell phone pictures are huge. Oh, Ziploc mm-hmm. bags and cell phone pictures. The other you thing. got a Sharpie marker, you're in heaven. Man, you can put everything where it goes, take a picture of taking it apart, make a little movie. Flashlight <laughs> and lighting is, oh, yeah. like a headlamp thing is awesome, a good flashlight. Yeah. There's just times when just just sitting there with a flashlight and going over the bike and looking at yep. it, looking in places that just don't that headlamps up. work great. You leave your hands well, free. I mean, you'll I'll, find yeah. that loose wire. You'll find that yeah. something that's amiss just by looking at yeah. it with very good light. You know, getting up close and I don't go in my garage anymore without a headlamp on. That's yeah. true because like today I was fixing the the trailer uh, lighting system yeah. on uh, Phil's Tundra, yeah. and uh, man, without good lighting. There's no way I would have been able to Makes do that. Makes your job a lot harder. Yeah. I mean, I got in there, and I lit everything up with Tension magnetic detail. lights. And, well, and that's know. true. At my shop, there's no shortage of magnetic oh, LED. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got lighting to add to lighting. Yeah. That's you know? like, when you've got a 47-year-old guy at the shop who's like, his eyes are 47 years old, so like I can't read things without the help of other lenses in front of him. So now it's like, yeah. Well, I'm Boy. 44, so I mean, I'm not too far behind you. Shot. Lumens and magnification are nice, everywhere uh, in my shop. A bright shot. flashlight to yeah. look up in and, yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, it's it's really a oh, yeah. I mean, there were parts mm-hmm. of that job that Lumen's just spot. having the right light mm-hmm. in the right spot made yeah. the difference. Yeah. You know, It's true. It really is. I, w- I would have been fucking with something for 45 minutes that took me two seconds with a flashlight. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. I mean, that's exactly it. I hate to say it, but... You can tell when you got an experienced mechanic when the cheaters come out. Specs, you got to be able to see, baby. When the cheaters come out, you're like, because my arms aren't long enough to read those jet sizes anymore. <laughs> Here, Dustin, can you hold this jet for me so I can read what size it is? Yeah, I have no idea how many magnifying glasses I have in my garage. I'm, I'm always sitting there like, it's a true fact, man. You got to live with it. The two must-buy things from Harbor Freight that, that can take your your shirt, make, the, obviously the, the ultrasonic cleaner. Yeah. Yep. You know, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Yep. That for cleaning any kind of little parts yep. is fantastic. Carbs. And whatnot. you can put, you don't have to be high tech, man. You can put soapy water in an ultrasonic cleaner. It heats and it vibrates. It's It does its job. You can put vinegar in there. It doesn't hurt. You can run vinegar with it. You want Dawn to works perfect. One of the things, Dawn works perfect, right? One of the exactly. things I found out I've that is away. great I used for to those. Yeah. Power, but I've kind of gotten away with it. Because like no, that's, yeah. You can't leave You can't leave things in there. The, the thing that I learned, um, oddly from uh, the people at the vape shop that I go to, is uh, that cheap-ass, like, drugstore vodka. Yeah. The half-proof vodka. Absolutely. That's what they use yep. to clean all their shit. Sure. 
Yeah. It sterilizes what you right. got. People blood. keep blood. coming back to yeah. right. mm-hmm. it. It sterilizes it. I have a headache like you wouldn't yeah. believe, but my shit is clean. Nostrovia. Blue flame on top is absolutely okay. No, you won't get that out of the drugstore. Which you <laughs> Speaking of blue flames, that's going to be my uh, contribution here in your shop. Make sure you have a fire extinguisher. That's yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. you're, obviously, Bring you're talking about working with electricity and yep. there's fuel involved often, yep. and you know, a small fire can turn into a big fire in a hurry when you're working on a bike or any motor vehicle. I learned that. Yeah, goggles. I, we've, we probably <laughs> all have a, a, a no, fire Dustin. Story. Dustin got to test one of our fire extinguishers the other day. I did. Yeah. 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 Yeah, turn ten crappy motorcycles into and, one. And one. we're not gonna we're not gonna re, we're not gonna refill that fire extinguisher. We're just gonna replace that fire yeah. extinguisher. But yeah, Dustin, I had one. I got like one good shot out of it, so it's it's got power left. <laughs> yeah, we we were uh, dumping a little fuel out back, and they're proofing. Uh, they're pu- proofing some vintage gas. Yeah, one of the guys was like, "I wonder how flammable that is." And I'm like, "I don't know. Let's oh, try." So I lit it, and it uh, was a lot bigger than I thought. Flammable. So I yelled to the shop boy. I was like. Grab the fire extinguisher, and he ran it out to me, the and I shot boy. Oh, yeah. put it out. Yeah, the kid. Oh, Rochester. Grab the fire extinguisher. I, I it wanted to see if you could light a line of Before fuel. Before we all die out here. Whatever. Yeah. So I, got, I had like 10 gallons of like kerosene old, old yeah. fuel. Yeah. So I ran it I like 100 from. yards yeah. down the plant on all concrete. Oh, yeah. To every single like every single Super long run. Yeah, super long. I lit it, and it just... Slowly, kind of goes up. By the time it got to the end, it was one hell of a huge fire. <laughs> well, the older the gas oh, is, the slower it burns, man. You yeah, know, that's how this was. Fresh gas goes up like that. It it would have burned off just fine where it was. The only problem was people from the road could see it, right? And I didn't want someone to drive by and be like, "Oh my God, there's a fire!" So I wanted to put it out. I didn't want Phil to get in right. trouble, you know. Other Cause, thing, because uh, then I'd get in trouble. When you're working with flammables. Carburetor cleaner, brake parts cleaner. We know this from. Don't pour it down a drain. We're gonna call it the Mark Rule. <laughs> <laughs> because how did I know that was coming? Yeah, that's the Mark Rule. Yeah. Uh, the Mark Rule is none of it goes down anything resembling a drain. I don't care if it's got to go on kitty litter and spread out in the yard or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Kids sandbox, whatever, man. Not down a fucking drain. The Bunsen burner? Because what's near every goddamn drain in the world is a hot water tank. And the hot water tank's pilot light is located conveniently at that level, right by every drain in the fucking world. And apparently at our old shop, if you pour carburetor cleaner out of the little tray or the tin or bread pan that you were using to clean all the parts in, and you're like, okay, cleaning up the shop. We'll just dump that out. Dude, you can dump it anywhere. Remember how that sink used to back up? Yeah. Well, I went and cut the pipe off. <laughs> so that instead of it just running right into the drain, kind of had to run across the floor a little bit because there was a big uh. stone stuck in it. So that probably didn't help that much. You know, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, because even if the pipe's still been there, had the pipe still been there, it was still going into a floor drain. Yeah. And it was going into a floor drain, and whatever, whatever solvents got into that floor drain... However quantity it was, whether it be small or whether it be large, what happened is when the pilot light kicked onto the water tank, what we had was yonder fireball. And yonder fireball hung around for a while until it could find everything else that was flammable in the area. Cobwebs. Cobwebs and every other horse shit and thing in the world. 
And I've never seen sheetrock actually that's, burn before. I didn't think it was supposed to. That's referred to. to, I think, as achieving flashover. It was, and it like went that. all the way up yeah. to the ceiling, <laughs> in like a 16-foot ceiling, like the movie Backdraft. And so we had a, like one of those blooming fireball things along the ceiling area. It's a lot. Would you look at that? Yes. Dude! What's worse is when it burns out into the drain. Yeah. And then the air fuel ratio is not right, yeah, and it's right. finally it's sucking some air, yep. sucking some air, and then yep. eventually it flashes. Yeah. <laughs> well, until it eventually self-regulates yeah. its air fuel mixture, and exactly that's the problem. Achieves yeah. the perfect the perfect flashover point. <laughs> We've got the fireman. Well, here. it will. No, that's that's right. what it does. It it's, might be too rich, right, where you pour right. it in the drain, but, but someplace <laughs> between point A and point B, it will reach gonna be optimum. Right in, it's going to be stoichiometric right mix. Yeah. Yeah, it will. I had my basic 125 class. The, uh, it, uh, it really will. And so please, if you are working in your garage and you like your family, don't take anything that's flammable. And by the way, that goes for inflammable, too. Flammable and inflammable? Or flammable. It's the same thing. Nothing goes down a fucking drain, so knock right. it off. Yeah. Flim flammable. Yeah. And that, that's why within reach I have a fire extinguisher in my yeah. garage. Fire extinguishers it's are really cool, yeah. readily available. And you should replace them every, what is it, 200 years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 200 fires. I have one at my garage. I have one at my garage at home that has wheels on it. Just shake it up everywhere. To give you an idea how old of a fire extinguisher the, the guy that has cr- wheels the, on The it. young man that moved across the street yeah. from me. And Royal out there is a fireman, I think in Carmel Heights, yeah. Carmel, whatever. But uh, on his, now this is a century home. This is a home that was built in 1820, sure. whatever. But on the porch as a decoration, yeah. he has this iron wheel, like four foot tall iron wheels <laughs> yeah. with a big round tank in the middle of it. And, I'm, and when he's moving in there, putting it up there, and I'm like, that's the weirdest fucking torch I've ever seen. It looked like a big torch tank, you know. Yeah. Like, figure it out, finally. Like, it's, yeah, fire it's, a it's an yeah. old time. An old fire extinguisher. Yeah. Yeah. Huge fire extinguisher. Shane has one that he was told by the uh, fire department to never attempt to open. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it's so old, yeah. it's it's like whatever's inside of it is probably highly poisonous. Yeah. And when it comes well, out, it comes out as a lump like this. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, don't ever just open that. Just have a fire extinguisher in your garage anyway. <laughs> it's just a great thing. You know, have fire it's extinguishers. An have yeah. fire extinguishers anywhere there's potential sources of ignition and know how to use them. We had yeah. a fire extinguisher class at work, which was kind of fun and everything. Yeah. But they said they used to do a live thing where they'd build a little fire mm-hmm. and spray it. Until yeah. the one day, the one woman, they're like, okay. And she's like, uh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And throws the fire extinguisher <laughs> into <laughs> the fire. Oh, <laughs> and like, ah! Well, well that's, that's one way to put the fire up. Oops. <laughs> Did she get hired? She bombed it. <laughs> in the old days, they did have those like fire extinguisher fire grenades. Bombs. It was like a it had a, it was a glass grenades, ball yeah. with yeah. like a yeah. extinguishing agent in it, and you would throw it at the fire. Yeah. But I don't think that woman probably knew that. She no, <laughs> no. And what level of fucking elephant level of muscle memory and like generative, generative, generative fucking knowledge did she like fire? Extinguisher, throw at fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the fuck, man? I missed that class. I'm just driving to work that day. The lizard brain just takes Damn over, and you're just like, what do I do? I don't know. I can't operate this thing. Throw it at the fire. That's it's weird. Uh, yeah. I've, I've known people that have had motorcycles on fire on the side of the road. Fire coming out of the carburetor of the oh, motorcycles. Yeah. Grab handful of dirt and hands full of dirt and throw it into an open running motorcycle carburetor. Sure. Because <laughs> that's good for the bike. And technically, I will tell you this, eventually the fire did go out. Yeah. So did everything else. Forever. <laughs> I was watching uh, the car rally last night on yeah. uh, 
whatever, some cable channel, and yeah. uh, guy's bike in the middle of the desert catching yeah. on fire, and he's throwing sand on it yeah. and trying to put it out. But yeah, sand what isn't is really good at putting out fires. What is it doesn't give the blanketing in? effect. Is that CNN on any Sunday, or is it one of the other old movies? Yeah, at the end. Well, start a burn. signal fire. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, start a <laughs> signal fire. Right. Bike His whole bike is burning. Yeah, yeah. I I can agree <laughs> with that. The uh, the other deal is when you're going to be taking your motorcycle apart and you're. Uh, I, I saw a cool trick on one of the shows. If you ever need to Dynamite. do any what dynamite? Yeah, yeah, that, that works too. Um, you just got to catch the parts. <laughs> the uh, they move fast. The trick is. For bearings, I saw this cool trick for bearings, and uh, and it all seems wrong. Everything about this seems wrong, but I'm going to lay it on you because it's so cool. On every crank in the world's a bearing, right? And so you got to get the bearing off. That's one part of the task, but usually the bearing shit anyway, so you can take it off any way you want. And then there'll be a race stuck on the crank, and you, know, you cut that fucker off and get rid of it the old-fashioned way if you want to. Otherwise, you could be smart. You could freeze the whole operation and then slowly heat up the bearing race, and it'll come off pretty easily. Because there's a formula that says that for every 100 degrees or so, a piece of metal will expand two thousandth of an inch for every six inches of metal or something along that surface area. So there's a formula. I'm not going to get into it. i look it up if I had to. It doesn't matter. It's just warm makes things better. That's all you got to remember. Warm equals bigger. So, but then putting bearings on, we've all been doing this shit forever. It's like, take part A, put part A in freezer, right? Okay, that's great. So I found this cool thing where it's like you take a uh, paper towel, and you uh, take the paper towel, and you get the paper towel really, really wet. And then you take the bearing, and you take the bearing, and you put it in the paper towel. You wrap it up tight. And you put it in the microwave. Oh, right. There you a go. metal bearing in the microwave. How'd that works. work? It works great. It works great. That's going to piss mom off. No, I, I tried it. Mission accomplished. First of all, two things. One is uh, we know that the water in the paper towel can only achieve 212 degrees. Because at over 212 degrees, it stops being water. So as long as there's any moisture left in the water on the paper towel, right? Because once it gets over 212, it's all going to go into water vapor. Okay? Because that's what happens to water when it gets really warm. So you take the paper towel, you wrap it around, you throw it in the microwave for like literally a minute. You watch it. could be fun. Right? You pull it out. The bearing will be, if the, as long as there's any moisture left on the paper towel, the bearing will be 200 degrees, 212 degrees, give or take. Which is, it turns out, the perfect temperature for dropping a bearing onto a shaft. Okay? So, pretty neat. Huh. And your bearing that you're putting on that crank will just drop right on. As long as there's any moisture left on the paper towels at all when you do that, your bearing will be around 212 degrees. <laughs> you just put it in the oven? You I was going to say, you just steamed your bearing. Or, you steamed your bearing. Write this shit down. I have write a, it down. Give your bearing a steamer. I have a microwave where I work. And if you're in It's what reheats my six-day-old coffee. Right? <laughs> so I already own that tool. I don't own a steamer, right? I don't have a steamer next to my work area. Stanley has. But I do have a microwave. So I have a microwave, and I have paper towels, and I have bearings, and I have cranks what need to have bearings put on them. So, so steamer, no microwave. Okay, <laughs> I like I like old coffee. So and I like things that I can be put in the microwave. I just use a hot plate. He, he does like old coffee. Yeah. Well, you, here's the trick: is with the hot plate, you can go over 200 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're dealing with sealed bearings, that will damage the bearings seal, yeah. or damage the cage for the bearing or the things in it. Whereas I did look it up, and it is the correct, according to Timken bearings, 
They say 212, 212 degrees is the correct temperature at which to install their bearings. Timken because bearings, they're out of Avon, right? Uh, Akron. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. But so according to Timken, who is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the local end-all and be-all of bearings, they say 212 degrees is the correct installation temperature to get the correct amount of stretch or growth in their bearings to mount them correctly. Go for it, John. So that's a lot cooler than using a fucking drift and a hammer. The amount of growth. I've smell. used a warming plate on a yeah. coffee maker before. Yeah. I just turned the coffee. Perfect. I, I don't know what temperature that thing gets to, but I've had good luck with that. I'm so. sure you do because you would never below have it. boiling. But it, right. it's like you're not exactly. going to overheat it. Like yeah. It would have to be below boiling, yes. right, because it's a coffee maker. They would never have a coffee maker that would allow itself to boil water out. Correct. Cool. Well, and, and similar with, uh, very cool. with tea. I'll yeah. tell mine that. Oh, really? <laughs> Tell the tar at the bottom of my coffee. Really? You got one of them mil-spec oh, yeah. coffee overheaters, huh? <laughs> if, if you have a tea kettle on, on the, on the uh, stove, yeah. I like it cold. the tea kettle doesn't whistle when it actually Correct. gets to the point of boiling. Right. It gets to the point when of it's where beyond. it's ready for tea. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. same thing. Good idea. Yeah. And so it's that... Whistles yeah. because there's It whistles because generation. there's vapor and power. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, there's vapor, there's vapor and power. You can take your bearings and put them in a thing of water. I just told you an easy way. Paper towel, microwave. I like it. Anything beyond that? I don't like it. You piss with the dick you got. You're complicated. You know? <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> I don't like the metal in the microwave. But I, Alrighty, then. I, but I had to try it. Here's I hear what you say. Okay, Some so here's the thing. can take metal. Yeah, like we have a, a mine has G- a metal rack in it. You can put. Right. You, we have metal plates. You can put them yeah. in the microwave. Yeah. It's never arced. You can put anything. One inch. Put, so I learned about up some foil and throw it in there. Yeah. It will not. Yeah. Some freak but. out. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference hmm. is. But Dude, I've, I've, I've seen green in beans arc in a microwave. Yeah. Well, apparently if it's less than one inch. So apparently in a microwave, because of the way the magnetron works and distributes energy within the microwave, things that are less than one inch in elevation. To the floor of the microwave are safe. So that's the thing, Sounds and that's like why. Bullshit to me. No, that's why. If you ever had a, uh, you ever had a microwave pizza that has that little bullshit tray thing or a yes. hot pocket. Yes. Right. Those things are all metal, uh, metallic, and the idea is that they're only so much so that they create that kind of heat, and that's why you should put your popcorn in this side up, not this side down. Yeah. Well, let me see that this side up again. Way back when, my, my, we actually had turn that house, up for it was a microwave <laughs> oven. And when yeah. I say microwave oven, right. it was a standard kitchen oven oh. with heating elements yeah. and racks and everything. Yeah. But then it had this thing in the bottom. Ooh, a giant fucking magnetron on the bottom of it? That yeah. would rotate around. So yeah. you could turn the oven on to 350 yeah. Yeah. and then set the thing, yeah. and it would microwave and bake at the same time. <gasps> She goes both ways. Didn't Sharp make that? I don't know, but we Sharp, had it for years. Sharp minds come fantastic. sharp projects. I, I, don't know what <laughs> I don't know what the problem with it is. I don't know oh if that's why I'm the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was like the Too highest type of thing you could It buy. had to be. No shit. We well, this does it. convection. It does regular heating. And it also does microwave at the hour. same time. Mm. Well, yeah, of course you could. You'd bake because it you're bombarding it. it. Yeah, and if and you put a squirrel in there, you'd have a Hulk squirrel. <laughs> You'd have a Hulk squirrel. Put a squirrel in there, yeah. and in an hour and a half, Hulk squirrel. Now I want a Hulk squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, little squirrel would be like, awesome squirrel, that's great. Piss it off, 
Hulk Squirrel. <laughs> the Hulk Squirrel will be in the show notes. <laughs> we could have a Hulk Squirrel. And I think that thing survived for years, and we just they squirrel? just got rid of it. It, it was probably because it ever broke or did anything. No, it was, it was probably overbuilt as shit. It was just, uh, we're it, tired of it. We it was to probably digress. overbuilt to the highest level. But there was also probably a recall at some point that came out from you. Underwriters Laboratories yeah, that, said, that says, that says don't fucking do that. In your oven. <laughs> in your oven. <laughs> you know, magnetrons are really great, except for when you put them in a 400-degree environment. Yeah, that's a mistake. Oh, what's in the oven? 400 on, degrees. Kids, everybody, let's watch the microwave. <laughs> yeah, let's work. watch the microwave. Get your faces real close to it. Well, Charlie, yeah, what are you doing? We had one of those when I was a kid, too, and it had an instruction that said, don't put your toilet paper in there. Throw it in a in the can. In the can next <laughs> 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 Costa Rican oven. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so we were... <laughs> We've been from Central America and We've gone a shit circle. to uh, Don't buy a Costa Rican uh, <laughs> microwave oven. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, yeah. I tried to dry my boots out in a microwave once. No, you I didn't. Oh, man. Again. Never do that again. Yeah. I ended up with the smallest boots in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it was working good. It was working good. And I was like, yeah, this it's is a microwave. I let it go a little too long in the water. <laughs> <laughs> the one toe just like it got too hot and it's a good burnt. thing the cat wasn't and cold and wet too. They weren't like, steel shrunk. toes, were they? <laughs> no, it just shrunk the leather like it. It got oh. too hot, completely dried out, and then it when it dried when it cooled down, it just went. Oh you, man! You put your foot in, it was like. Yeah, there oh. are very that's few, not going to work. Yeah, there are very few things in the world that a microwave is actually better than anything else for. I the microwaves are always like the kind of like the sort of like oh, I'll use it if I have to, but it kind of sucks. You know, if you want to eat a hot dog like in 30 seconds, I mean, that's your machine. Right, yeah. right. Or and if I'd like butter. to have this part of the hot dog burn my face off and this part of the hot dog still have ice in it. Yeah. And yeah, the microwave yeah, is the perfect exactly. device for that. But not yeah, socks that are still wet. Yeah. How could fucking, how could lava and ice exist at the same time? Use a microwave. It's great. Yeah, use anything that says, you know, microwave cooking instructions. Throw that away. Hot Don't pockets. ever no fuck that. If you ever try to make mic, take a twenty nine cent box of macaroni and cheese. There's microwave cooking instructions on the side of that box. That is to be thrown away immediately. Yes, sir. Don't do it because yeah. everything will taste like rubber for a week. Well, and there's no way you can cook macaroni and cheese in a microwave. That's like the craft twenty nine cent box of macaroni and cheese. You just can't do it. You buy the special microwave version of the frozen food. In which case, you're just getting, like, you know, the tin-lined tray. Like, the tin-lined cooking your teeth. tray. Oh, it does. Oh, I yeah. still make my coffee in a percolator. Well, yeah. Nice. There's nothing hey, wrong with that. I like that. Yeah. It makes better coffee. We get, like, three yeah, of them. Got that right. We have a microwave. Got that right. I make ramen noodles real good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything I that you have don't... six microwaves in my life right now. Oh, you do? They're just all over the place. That's I've always said, if you want to know how responsible you are as a human being, count how many toilets you're in charge of. Like if you two right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we Steve Hoffert wins. <laughs> we have a winner. Yeah, beque- between both God shops damn. in my house, I'm in charge of like ten toilets. Yeah, yeah. and ten toilets is like a level of responsibility wow. I'm not ready for. But Steve, yeah. you're on the receiving end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. That's true. I just yeah. want to go take a crap in Oberlin, so Steve has to deal with it. <laughs> Leave Just a note with send it. a little love note, maybe a little boat. <laughs> Steve <laughs> says, "Do you ever take a crap so big your pants fit better?" With it. I, you know what? Just go into <laughs> yeah, today at the shop. Just actually. make yourself literally a spray paint a solid gold turd. 
Like, make yourself, like, carve it out of styrofoam or something so it floats. You want it to float at the top so he gets to see it. So take, like, styrofoam or something else Special that floats. Delivery. Yeah, spray paint that <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, go get one of those acorn weights from an yeah. old, from an no, old cuckoo sink. clock. They'll sink. Oh, oh, some guy used to see take it. his rubbers and tie them into a huge star. And, like, what? Eight rubbers, like tied. He took all his rubbers, tied them together. And you say this like this happened more than once. It happened more than once. Oh my god! Wait, That's wait, why Steve wait, gets the big wait, money wait, out there. No I don't want to be on this was planet there a big, anymore. Was there a How big... did he send? Did he send them to you, or did he just throw them? No, he, he did send, he send them to you. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> in the most primitive way possible. Oh, yes. Did he actually down the flush? Down the flush. Flush. flushed it down. He flushed it down. How would you notice this? He spent two and a half gallons to send Steve a message. What's that? Stuck in the. Grit tanks. Grit tanks. Nice. So you have to go out and uh, and squish them out. out with a pool skimmer. And you go. And you go. Oh look, another Christmas ornament from fucking one. <laughs> from, Jesus Christ. From Earl on uh, so, West Thirty Fourth Street. No, the, the worst one was okay. Yeah, we have two, two. Hang it up. Put a big yellow sponge on it. Get SpongeBob. So both ta- both pumps were totally shot. So we tear them apart. Pull a pair of women's underwear out. And you can't see what I'm doing here, but my arms are widespread. He's fully fucking, like, literally silly. Like, like he just got a pike. 58 inches. I don't know what the ass is in there I'd never want to meet. A so, pair of women's underwear that you could literally use as a tent. So I pull yeah. the other pump apart. Mm-hmm. There's a bra in there. The same uh, size. It's the same. Like, it's like they went like they got they hit the wire and the pipe went. Whoop. And bra went left, panties went right. <laughs> right to the pump, jammed it and all. Literally up. shut wow. down. So the rest of the woman went down fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure her man would tell you she did. <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. Very good, John. Oh, that hurts. Uh, woman that size better go down five. <laughs> I don't, all I know is, well, first thing is a woman, a woman that size is flushing her undergarments. No, who knows what happened? Or who knows what happened? It's it a good point. Well, oh, she lost them. She was trying to reach down there to get them. She was back. swimming naked, yeah. as they do. But the and they lost occasionally, them. yeah. That didn't yeah. go down a toilet. That had to go down like an open pipe drain. It had to. Underwear could have been a man drain toilet. Yeah, I know what can go down a toilet. The worst part though is like when I worked. I'm a pro. When you go to lift stations and you pull these, they're they're. Trash pumps that yeah. for lift stations. Okay. You open them up, and all you're doing is digging out hypodermic needles. Oh, so you pull yeah. out like a, a you know like a cubic foot of hypodermic needles. These are coming in from the sewer drains, or coming in from the shitters, from wherever. From where? Like okay. people right. flush I mean, in there, uh, they, they do their shot, and they drop it in the toilet, and it goes down the drain. Right. right. So you have gloves on. You're reaching in here, nope. and you're digging out. Stabby, stabby, stabby. Yeah. No. Nope. And oh. so nope. you nope. have to be totally. No. Nope. Uh, nope. 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 Can I get in the cage with the shark now? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I want to get in the cage with the shark. I'm going to the garage and start those vehicles. I'm going to start those up right now. You, you need robots. Yeah. yeah. Anything's oh, yeah. better than that, man. Yeah. A turd Here. Where's that yeah. big chick? I'm going to move on. I'll give you that. I'm going to die. Like Kevlar gloves? I guess for a million dollars a year, I would do that. So I've done a lot of shit that I should never have done. I crawled in incinerators with refractories. You breathe the dust and you die. Yeah. And I've, cr- I've been five stories on top of a building, going down five stories, breaking up clinkers in a freaking ash holding tanks. I mean, it's it's a shitty job. It's a shitty job. <laughs> but, but, but at least you get, you get the big money. A million dollars a year to do it. 
Yeah, I get the big money. Sure. I made more in 1990 than I make right now. <laughs> and that's what they say. It should cost you But are you, you five, knocking clinkers off the It should the cost you $5 every time you flush. And if it costs you every time $5 every time you flush, you'd be a lot better five about bucks. It. You're <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, make the check out to <laughs> every time you take a shit, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, they have toilets for even like for RVs that are uh, incinerator toilets. Yeah, yeah, they do. You take a shit, yep, and then it somehow uses yeah. propane and just. Uh, we had one in the military. And you know what I? You know what I felt it's like? Like a vapor. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> we had one in the military that was a extremely expensive, like three hundred thousand dollar toilet that you uh, that, that you burn your your waste. And then you'd have to clean it out. You have to empty the tray out, and that thing, uh, first of all, made the whole world smell bad. Because if you think poo smells bad, and MREs smell bad, imagine burning them. Oh, teeth! Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell yeah. did I eat last night? And then night? you got to empty it out. So it's like you got to occasionally you got to empty the pan out. Yeah. So you take the pan out and dump the, the like ash pan and everything else. It is. It's terrible. I was going to say, and where did you serve in the military? In Auschwitz? No. You <laughs> 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 were in Germany, though. It was in Germany. I did not travel into Poland I mean, to go visit all the... Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I did not. But, uh, yeah, we were... Uh, the group I was with was... I don't know if we were testing it, but they had in one of the buildings, one of the 40-foot containers they dropped for us, had a burn toilet. And it had a burn toilet in it. And that so smelled terrible. you got Oh, it's horrible. It's terrible. Suntan sun on your ass. Burn latrine, yeah. A burning <laughs> latrine. It was a fucking smell. Awful. It smelled terrible. And, like, that's the thing. It's just, just ridiculous. So are we back in the garage yet? Are we still Yeah, we got to move on. Yeah. 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 Are we back in the garage yet? Are we What do you got? Chrome. Yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead. Fire away, Johnny. No, he was done. One of the things that I always enjoyed having in the shop that probably the average person isn't going to have in there... But you don't realize how invaluable it is until you have one. Is the overhead crane hooker bot? That, that <laughs> overhead <laughs> crane. Oh, hold on. The hover, the let's be bot. honest. The overhead crane. <laughs> Five thousand okay. ton. Now let's be crane. honest. I'm trying to sound, make it sound more legit. Okay. Those, you are really, really. You are gilding the lily on that those, shit. Did those fucking underwear come from your house? Okay. okay. <laughs> let's, call, let's call it what it is. The Harbor Freight Shop boys. Okay. <laughs> The, the overhead crane that John McElfresh is talking about is your choice of one of two items. It's either four ratcheting tie-down straps or, B, the $150 on special ATV winch, which kicks ass, by the way. Um, how many times were you thrilled that we had the ATV winch set up? The ATV winch is genius. You just I've been waiting for one. months for it to be set up at the other show. We're not doing it. We're moving out. So right, we'll, we'll set them up here. But the ATV winch is genius. It's 150 200 bucks, whatever. If you want to be fancy, get the one with the I infrared remote control. I would buy one of those before That's I bought a bullshit. lift. Yeah. Really? Oh, because you... If you put, had one of those, yeah. you could just have a table and yeah. you could... They'll hold... And set it on a table. Every bit of 500 750 pounds. Oh, yeah. No problem. E- easily. And there's like 24, 50 feet of cable on it or whatever. Plenty of cable. And you Best just, way to you change just, a rear or yeah. front tire on a bike that's impossible. And just pull a motor. Just, just hook the thing in your garage up to whichever one of your joists looks the strongest. Several of them, if you can. And then, and then buttress right, yeah, that up with it, more yeah, two before. Yeah, yeah. So like, so your whole roof doesn't collapse. Right, right. So if then, you got, like, if you got a raft, if you got yeah. a 
trusses up there. I think you want to probably beef them up. Put some prop rods. Add in some. There add some extra two on either side of it. And I'd recommend going with the three-inch drywall screws instead of the one and a half. And get all that. You're need it. And get yeah. all that inspected oh, by your city shit. Shit. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> we work very closely with them. <laughs> I strongly recommend. Said not. Dustin. Right. I, I totally yeah. recommend. I totally recommend not letting anyone know that that's there. Get it there. pre-approved by your insurance right. agent. Right. Right. But if you do that and you got, they do run, oh, so you can buy them 12 volt, you can buy them 110. I was going to ask about that. Okay, so here's the trick. The 12 volt ones are cheap as fuck. The 110 ones are really expensive because those are actually hoists, like lift things. And right? they're a little safer because they have, they're have they meant for hoisting. Yeah, they have so a stopper. So they have a better break. They, 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 they can never freewheel. Like. Right, okay, <laughs> they get a bail on them. So they get a bail if you over tighten them. There's like a little donut at the bottom and it hits the bail and stops it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the bumper ones, the ATV ones, don't necessarily do that. But you're going to spend almost twice as much money getting the eight, the 110 one as you will the 12 volt one. But the 12 volt one, you put that thing up and all you got to have is like whatever batteries in the thing a you're car, dealing with already. Yeah. Well, the thing you're trying to get, make a mess of already has a battery in it. Yeah. So you just run cords up to that. And then those ones, the janky ones, come with the infrared remote control. Avoid that. If it's painted camouflage, avoid that. Yeah. Um, those are garbage. We found out. If it's the uh, it's but if you stamp motor, avoid that. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. But if the red ones that are one ten volt that actually go to the ceiling, um, you can throw a chain around your joist because mm-hmm. it comes with chain, ironically, in the kit. So there's chain in there, and there's like a, a long uh, cord with a, yeah. a button switch on it, up and down. And oh fuck, and you just hook it up, and that thing is genius. I mean, you can just throw a strap around your handlebars, yep. hook it up to that, lift the yep. whole front of your bike up, right. take the. Well, I've helped off. two guys put bikes in their basement yeah. this fall because they're oh. going to do some, you know, over the winter projects and yeah. stuff, and um, we haven't addressed how we're going to get them out yet. But okay. it was a motherfucker right. getting them into the basement. We did the, the 750. You'll know. So I, I, I think I'm on board with what you guys are saying for maybe <laughs> winter. Well, we carried, we had all those scooters up upstairs in the scooter shop, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was plywood up half the stairs. And, uh, and we a built ramps. And you had what? That was eight feet wide or something, too, so you had plenty of room to work. Uh, no, the stairs was, going up were about four feet wide, but we had half of the yeah. stairs plywooded. Okay. So we laid plywood over half of the stairs and screwed it in with you know hinges so it would stay yeah. where we put it. Canyon and then at the top, the yeah, we did a canyon dancer bar harness on the bike, and then we had the electric. We actually had a twelve volt winch on that, that was, one. Yeah, that was like an ATV. So we had an ATV winch at the top of the stairs, mm-hmm. and so we would use that to pull the bikes Flip up. It, the, pull the cable out, right. take it down, hook it on the bike. Yeah. One guy gets up at the top and, and makes it work. It was a little janky, but and basically that guy. Another guy just holds onto the bike and walks he, it up. This guy hits the button and just kind of. And I'm not joking. Over the course of seven years, I'm going to say we put a thousand bikes up there. When the same system. It was a little slower than you'd normally right. walk up the stairs, right. but it wasn't hey. like creeping slow. No. It was it accomplished you're not busting your balls. It's right. the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, I mean, literally, you could just sit there and lean on the bike. You yeah. were yeah. not pushing out right. at all. You weren't working at all. And the guy up the top <coughs> was kind of like holding the power switch on, like holding the power to it. He's also uh, minding the cable sure. to yeah, keep so the cable right because we yeah. don't really have a good fair lead. Fair lead's a good word if you know if you know people who. Mm-hmm. If you want to seem like a man, fair say the roller word fairlead. Fair lead. Yeah, if you say roller fairlead, people are going to think you know your shit. Yeah, think you're a jeeper. And think you're a jeeper screeper. <laughs> You've earned your beard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, having a hoist in your garage <laughs> is brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant. way better. That's, well, that's my tip. Go if on. you're ever thinking about lifting a motorcycle up, the first <laughs> thing you're going to think, well, yeah. The first thing that you're going to think of is that bullshit $79 Sears 
ATV lift thing. Yeah. Don't. Do not use that thing. The bottom of your motorcycle is not as flat as you think it is. And once you get your motorcycle 8, 12 inches up in the air, and the only thing holding it up straight up is the air around it, <coughs> you're going to bump it with your fucking head. Right? You're going to be like trying to stand up to go get another wrench. You're going to hit the handlebars with your skull, and the whole motorcycle is going to fall off. Is the phrase, oh shit? Oh shit is indeed. And the heavier the motorcycle, the bigger the hospital bill. The bigger the shit. Yeah. Bigger the I like my Kendon. The Kendon works great. The Kendon, like Dustin's got my Kendon over there. Mm-hmm. The, that Kendon lift is a single rail, it's narrow. You can Man. get close in. You can get bike. real close yeah. in on the bike. Works great. Yeah. I don't necessarily recommend it, but what worked pretty well with me because yeah. all I had was a, one of those that had been given to me, the motorcycle lift. Yeah. What I did yeah. was I happened to have a piece of four inch channel. Oh yeah. That I bolted right to right. it. Yeah. So then you're not you you have this much extra lift because yep. it doesn't have to go from here no, up to hit the bike. That's right. As soon as you put the bike on it, yeah. it's lifting. Right. And then you put a plate channel. to catch oh, the center yeah. stand. Yeah. So the bike is actually up on a channel on the center stand, and then you can strap it down to it, and it actually worked. Pretty well. Never, if ever. If I had to, had to, had to yeah. just do that. Never raise a motorcycle from the bottom higher than you're willing to pick it up off your body. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it, you got to look at the situation and go like, whatever you're picking it up from, if you're picking it up from the bottom, if you're picking it up from the handlebars on a strap, yeah. then you're cool. You know, uh, that's a much, much safer option. And getting a bike in the air to work on it is so nice. Yes. Like, getting a bike airborne is the coolest way to work <clears> on a bike. It's so much better than laying on the ground like a savage. If you time it right, Harbor Freight will get you taken care of on a lift, a pump on a lift. The red lifts are $299. If if you don't have a coupon to buy the red lift for $299, you are not watching Harbor Freight close enough. Try the uh, adult magazines because that's the the best uh, Harbor Freight. Look at the back of Playboy magazine. Look at the back of Psych World magazine. They got the Harbor Freight always two ninety nine. Is there still a Playboy magazine? I don't know. There there is, apparently, they're not naked it, in any. No, yes, they're going it's back at Barnes and Nobles, and you can go and it's up on the shelf, and you can grab it and look at it. And it's similar to Maxim. Oh well. Yeah. No, they're going um, back to nudes. Are they going back they're, to nudes? Yeah, they said they tried going, the no nudes, and it didn't work out. They're for going them. back to softcore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. Hey, Whatever. we should get this around the horn because we are at about an hour okay. and a half already. Yeah, what? that's cool. So, uh, motorcycle show? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I was going to say, take it from the top. The top tips. Get top the, tech Get tips. the right tools. Get the right fucking tools to take your motorcycle apart. If you do not have the right tools to take your motorcycle apart, you can buy them cheap. And organize them. Organize them. Organize them. Fire extinguisher, good lighting. Excellent. Safety. Yeah. Safety. Oh, oh the fire extinguisher, safety. safety. I get it. All right. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> Eye protection. I'll throw a quick one for for uh, people that are just getting a motorcycle and you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> that too. Shop manual. No, if you're just getting something and you don't, you have to make it run. Yeah. Um, look at things in an order. Go mechanical, electrical, fuel. Right. Just give it a real Excellent. quick once over and make sure that there's compression there. Make sure that it's physically going to support combustion. Make sure you have spark. And then move to the fuel system. Almost everything you get is probably going to need a carb clean, but I mean, you can put a lot of time and hours into a bike and then figure out that the fucker doesn't have a compression. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> spark and gas are like the two and, big well, main if things. Well, if you start that way, you're not going to waste a bunch of time, but I've, I've known more than one person, many over the years, that, you know, Hours and hours into cleaning carbs, and then oh well, we got to make it spark, and we uh-huh. get the spark, and I'll I've be got myself included. I've got hours into <laughs> this, and there. I've got so much money into this, and now it won't. It still won't run. Why? Well, because it's got you know seventy, seventy, zero, and four. 
PSI, you know, it's, it's got to go first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it should run, run, it'll come back probably. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Chris Smith, Smith, what do you have? Bang blow. I'm a big believer in buying shop manuals, like yeah. Johnny Chrome. You know, get get one for each bike you own, because it, it, it's a it's a minimal investment. No, Chris believes in finding no. the best shop. No, a good shop to take your shit to. Does everybody agree? I've actually fixed a couple things myself, but I need a shop manual. Yeah. For everybody, does shop everybody agree? For everybody, yeah. every fifteen minutes spent in a shop, you should spend an hour on the toilet looking at your shop manual. Oh, oh yeah, I'm playing oh, solitaire yeah. on your. I had a shop manual <laughs> laying by my bed the other Angry day. Birds. My, yeah. my daughter said, "Oh, a little light reading, huh?" Yeah. And she was like, "You're looking in bed like shop manuals through. are fun. I mean, they really are fun. It's." It's it's nice that somebody took the time, Chilton's, Haynes, whoever. It's really cool somebody took the time to take the motorcycles apart, figure out how they work and the right way to service them. Uh, shop manuals, whether they're from a manufacturer or like a, a universal one like a Haynes or a Chilton, they're really cool. Uh, if you can get – there's some really cool ones out there that uh, I think it was Haynes did a series of like – Three bikes in one shop manual. And I have one or two of them at the shop. And it's like the CB350, the Kawasaki S3, and the CB750. Like in one book. Wow. There's, yeah, That's it's interesting. And I have one. And it's, uh, they made a series of them. They made a couple of different ones. They were and drunk that. Well, oh, it's so more, cool. I've seen because them where they're like, like Honda 4s, and you right. get like the 400s, oh, yeah. the 550s. You know, I have one at the other shop. I might even have one I here, mean, but we'll look, even, we'll look them up. Yeah. But it's Two three. Singles and, it's one book that covers three legendary motorcycles. And that, that idea behind that is not sure, obviously, if you own one of those motorcycles, that's really cool. But when you look at a shop manual as a way to increase your knowledge of things and how they work as just entertainment, as, as fun reading, because it is fun for me to read shop manuals because I get to see the, what, the approach that a different manu- manufacturer took to making some, something work. And when you can look at something with 700 photographs of it being systematically taken apart and 700 photographs of it being systematically put back together, that's just cool. That's kick-ass. Well, I've got the, <clears throat> the one book that I think is the most quintessential book of CB lean 750s. In. Lean in. Yeah. Oh, I, I will lean in. Yeah, what's that? Uh, it was written by a guy who's uh, very popular on the internet called Honda Man. Yeah. It's the My CB 750 book. Yeah. And it is the quintessential book of anything CB 750. What? I Well, having the manual, basically having a book about the bike book. that you own is great. Because even before you start working on it, if you can sit there and read through a book that's about the bike you own, you're going to be happy. And if you can do well, that while this, you're at work, at your other, at your real job, your other job, even better. Well, and this guy has torn down and rebuilt about every CB750 you can imagine. Sure. And I mean, it. I, I can't even go into how in depth. Well, for this, every vehicle, there's is. a complete idiot's guide for it, or something along those lines. And the reason these manuals exist is not only to help a technician tear the bike apart and rebuild it but believe it or not we have manuals that come from the manufacturer for that mm-hmm. okay and I, I have plenty of those those manuals that come from the manufacturer are taking for granted that you have 15 years of experience building motorcycles yeah. so the manufacturer's manuals suck a lot for of the times, end user yeah, they, yeah for they a assume home, you've been in factory yeah. training for and a home no, gamer if you're yeah. looking at the factory service manual, when somebody comes into my shop and says, I'm buying this brand new Moto Guzzi, yes, okay. 
Can you get me the factory service manual? Are you, you a seven-year trained motorcycle mechanic? Can you speak Italian? Do you also want to buy <laughs> a can you read Italian? diagnostic tool right. that goes along with it? And I appreciate the guys. And all the hand tools that they reference well, in I'm the not manual. Even, and I'm not even Yo, saying that. Yeah, trust me. I'm not even saying that I'm against the idea of the guy having some knowledge base around his bike. What I'm telling you it's is actually encouraging. what people forget is that the manufacturer's manuals, the manufacturer's data books, our manufacturer's manuals that we use at the shop are not fun to read. There's nothing no, in there. No, there is nothing you in know there already that is how cool. to work on no the bike. There's nothing pussy. yeah, there's nothing in there that's fun or entertaining to read. It literally oh. is assuming that you're an excellent that you're an employed mechanic already and it's assuming that you've already done 100 motor rebuilds. In there, right? right. What's that? There's nude photos in there. Yeah, right? no. That's in fact, there's usually no photos in there. A few of those. Right. In yeah, fact, I would. Viewpoint. I would love it if there was a bunch of photos in there, but there's not. The viewpoint yeah. is from, like yeah. concentric to right. whoever wrote. Like the Germans write a certain way. Right. Yeah. Italians write. It's reading the Italian manuals, yeah. like service manuals for the manufacturer. Shop manuals are mm-hmm. not what you want. So you want to have your voice. Yeah, you want to have a Haynes manual. You want to have a Chilton manual. If you've got a consumer really, if you've got a consumer related manual, it's also going to call attention to things that are known issues. Okay. Whereas if you have a shop manual, a manufacturer shop manual, it's not going to say fucking dick about it. We're not admitting okay? shit. Right. It <laughs> is not going to. No, it's not going to say fucking <laughs> dick about it. But if you get a Chilton's manual. We all have seen them before. The you only get good like, dick's a fucking dick. Well, if you get the or third, dick hey, or a dick <laughs> if you all get right, the settle th- down over there. If you get the third version <laughs> yeah, or the fourth just... version of an XS 650 manual from Haynes, you're going to find that in the third, like the third or fourth edition of the XS 650 manual, has got tons of information about things that are known issues with with Yamaha XS 650s that are going to head you off in the past, so you don't have yes, you don't have a lot of problems. And that's going to be way more valuable to the end user than a shop manual. So if you're going to have a book for your bike, don't go on eBay or try to find the shop manual. The shop manual is not cool. What you want is a Chilton's or a Haynes or something like that. I'd like to pretend that I was just very gifted and that I taught myself everything on motorcycles. But when I look hard in the mirror, I know that most of what I learned on motorcycles... I was from looking through those manuals, and looking through yeah. owners' manuals. You have to start and, and I read, I read a lot. And the Wycliffe where... Public Library has virtually no shop manuals left, no Chilton's or Haynes manuals left stolen by... for any bike I've by ever phone. owned. Because what I learned, <laughs> yeah, what I learned was, <laughs> do, do they have a Phil Waters wing? Well, oh, first of all, they're hardcover. The library, the library ones are hardbound. That's kick-ass. So you go to the library, you get the book for your bike, you take it home and you're like doing building a bike motor, which takes more than two weeks, so that bitch has got late fees already piling up on it. Two so, cents, four cents, six oh, cents. It, it Jesus Christ, before you know it, you're up, up to quick. A, a quarter. So next thing you know, you call the library and you tell the lady at the library and you're like, hey. i got to um, renew this. This is Phil Waters. i got a cop to the fact I've had this manual for four months. Apparently my life's a little busier than I thought it was. This weekend job has now gone on for four months. Yeah. What do I owe you in late fees? And she goes, you owe me $7.28. And I go, what would it just cost for me to own the book? They charge you what the book cost them back in 17 giggity four when they bought the fucker. So I got these shop manuals that are hard bound, library bound, 
for like $14 a piece. Nice! <laughs> yeah! There's That's 20, a little time. There's 20 guys still going through the card catalog yeah. looking for that book every week. And now he has a corner on the, the, corner on the market of repairing all this. Well, and the best yeah. thing is... It still says Waters on, yeah. the, on the checkout ticket. Yeah. And all the dickheads that had the book before you put their notes in the columns, so you get all that heavy lifting done for you. So Those idiots don't know what they're doing. I've got nine or ten hardbound, library-bound service manuals from Haynes and Chilton, <laughs> that climber manuals that I've got from. So Willowbrook Library, you can find Phil over at one sixty-two eleven. Uh, yeah, the good news. The good news is that was a long time ago in the statue, and I paid for all those books. By the way, I paid for them. I paid for. He's them off all. the hook. Officer yeah. Bookman, the library cops. They do not them. charge you. They do not charge you modern <laughs> fair market value. On that. They <laughs> charge you what they paid. There's residual interest, Joy Boy. I'll bet you the. Uh, you know what? I'll bet you most people that listen to this. <laughs> I'll bet you the most people that didn't that listen to this podcast think though that if they wanted to get a service manual at Haynes Ch- Chilton's or Climbers Manual, they probably have to go on Amazon.com to find one. And what I'm going to tell you is a lot of motorcycles that people out there that listen to our podcasts might own, those manuals are out of print because the bikes are too old. But you can go online, too, and look. Yep. A lot of people on, the, on yep. the forums will post the whole manual. If it's out of print, they'll post the whole manual. Yeah, but those so color pictures in the original manual. factory ones are awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's Particularly true. with an electrical me. diagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Color, a color diagram is nice to have. If you go to the library and take that hardbound manual out for that CM250 you got... And it's got the whole folded out wiring diagram in the back. And you can open that thing up and it's the size of your fucking dining room table for that wiring diagram. That'd be awesome to put it up on your wall like It's so cool. And the four pixel one on the internet's like, Exactly. I'm using a, yeah, and that is true. Is like a wiring diagram that's in color that's for your bike in the country that you're in is invaluable. Because I have been led down a primrose path so many times on, this is the wiring diagram for your motorcycle. And the A model, not the B model? Dude, I don't even have yeah, a purple wire yeah. with a white stripe. The Where's C1 the purple two? wire with the white stripe? What the oh, hell? No. Where's the you pink have an, wire? You have an American bike. So <laughs> just because it says that it's your bike's model, if your wiring diagram, before you take your shit apart, hold your wiring diagram up, compare it to your bike's voltage regulator, and make sure the colors of the wires are all the same. Because if they're not, you have the wrong wiring diagram. The last thing you need in your shop yeah. to make sure your job goes right. Yeah. Alcohol. The cooler. Refrigerator. <laughs> ice. <laughs> and a couple of beers. Mm. Right? Um, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will tell you. They can cut both ways. They can cut both ways. Absolutely. Don't get stuck. I think it's a good thing to have. If you're getting like nervous about doing like something or you're Oh, you like working with music on. I love it. I work with no music on. I love it. Yeah. He likes music on when he works. I like techno music and I like turning into a robot. Yeah. And he's like this the whole time. Hey, we're at a buck 40, man. I only have one and that's the end of that. What, and that's what, do you, what do you think? As far as you've rebuilt so many things, what is your essential <laughs> like, thing? It's like, no, I throw them away. I buy new ones. <laughs> I, I've given my two cents. So the fire, <laughs> fire extinguishers. Oh, that's it. Here's my other thing. you got to have some shop towels and or a roll of like paper towels, something so you can work clean. Just yeah, work keep clean your tools important. clean. Keep your hands clean. Yeah. 
Because if you pick something up and you get grease, and, and make sure to put it. all your greasy rags in a big pile in the corner of your garage at the back, in a metal Packed container, the back somewhere where it's nice and warm. Packed. A burn barrel. Exactly. Put them in the burn barrel. Yeah. Put them in the back corner of your garage. Pack down nice and tight. Put them in all your the bathroom. And the there's that toilet. Yeah. Um, paper receptacle yeah. with you the flip yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Send because them over to Steve. <laughs> yeah. Send, send them to Watch Central them America. To yeah. Real quick, who, how many people wear gloves when they're working on a motorcycle? Depends. Mm, depends. Not too much. You wear depends when you're working on a motorcycle. I do. I take less gloves. Look at I'm not taking a piss break. You wear gloves. It depends on what you're doing. But nitrile, those nitrile. I wear the nitrile. I have. I have. My hands turn into gloves. After. I have gloves at every fucking workstation at my house, at the shop, everywhere. I got nitro gloves. I got black ones. I got blue ones. I got latex-free ones. I got all kinds of crap. You know what? Nope. <clears throat> no, That's no, why I want to have the rags around, because I get some gloves? oil on my hands. You I, mean I, I bitch mittens? wipe it down. And, <laughs> I wear my meat mittens. <laughs> yeah. When, when fucking old man Sal rolls in here yeah. on a Saturday for a, for a, a oil change while you wait. Yep. Yeah, I use gloves. I know. Some I try to. Hot. I start out with gloves on, but then after like twelve seconds, I'm wearing confetti. Depends on who the owner of the bike is. Then I'm wearing fingerless gloves. Oh god. Oh, yeah, well, good, good yeah. nitrile gloves will hold up. Yeah. But initially, I always wear them initially to clean everything off, and mm. then I take them off once everything's clean because oh, there's okay. no reason I want to wash my hands twenty I mean, times. Yeah. The only thing I was able to rock for any period <laughs> of time was, but in the, no, was, in was exactly. a thin pair of ne- a thin pair of neoprene. Mechanics types gloves yeah, with yeah. the fingers, with the fingers fingertips chopped off. Yeah. I could I could live with that, and right. it was nice to have sometimes. Yeah, so you didn't right. get burned on a tailpipe here. It saved yeah. saved a lot, but oh, here's a good tip for your uncle. Yeah, this is a tip from your uncle Phil. It's something I actually figured out the other day, and it works great. Tip, tip from your uncle tip from your uncle Phil. Go and follow for that. Oh, again. dude, <laughs> go to your. Oh, that doesn't feel good. Go to your <laughs> go to your refrigerator and test all your refrigerator magnets and find the really good one. The one that really fucking holds mm, on. There. I know where you're going with it. Find yeah. the really fucking good one. The one that holds on like nobody's business. Because that's the one that they spent some money on when they were putting together. And get that magnet off of that one. And I found some pretty pretty boss ones. And then take your fucking glove, mechanics glove, bullshit glove, whatever. They, they charge top dollar for these magnet finger bullshit things. <laughs> no. Just take this thing and literally tape it or glue it if you're high tech. I tape it. You don't yep. even have to do what that. Put it inside. Put it inside, put it the, inside rubber the, glove, the glove. Put the glove on, yep. and it'll get that. It's amazing. Nut started sometimes. It's ridiculous. Or, yep. I couldn't believe it, but I felt like I had a superpower when I was wearing a pair of black nitrile gloves, and I had a magnet, a little round magnet, stuck into my index finger of the black rubber glove, and it was doing a carburetor teardown. It was magic. Anything I touched came to me, and it was just like, oh, I'm gonna reach in the. Drawer and grab the screwdriver. Oh, I have four screwdrivers now. Twink. I get to pick which one I want. I have a whole tree of screwdrivers right now hanging off the tip of my finger. Don't go near it's the fucking knife drawer. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. And uh, and I was able to clean the bowl of the carburetor by sticking my finger in it. And all the metal stuck to my finger. It was genius. And if you eat uh, high iron food, you could use it in Costa Rica. Wipe your butt. Uh, it, but like little shit like that. A magnet inside a rubber glove finger. Oh, my God. That's so stupid, but it works great. Hard drive mag- magnets are perfect too when you take oh, really? them apart. You pull the magnets Aren't out they of the hard drive. No, I really like that big. I've I never mean, had a hard when drive Radio part. Shack was around, you could buy a ten pack. Of I don't really don't watch porn that's that spicy. For like that. <laughs> you can buy them at Home Depot, or yeah, I'm yeah. sure they sell them probably at uh, Harbor Freight. Well, or okay, something well that's too. cool. Like one of those little tiny magnets you cannot even. It's like 
Dun, dun, those ones dun, that have two of them dun, snap together and pinch the shit out of your finger. <laughs> yeah, those are yeah. Kids eat them, and what happens is they stick together and they will, like, screw up your intestines. Like, oh, and really? Like, your intestines. Nice. Yeah, they pinch them. Intestinal models. Oh, that's cool. All right, guys. Well, on that, I can't beat that. That's pretty fucking awesome. It's like a sore, um, like a sore dick, you can't beat it. If, <laughs> if you're uh, if you're in Cleveland, I'll still try. If you're in the Cleveland in the last weekend of January, uh, make sure you come to the motorcycle show. It's at the IX Center. I heard the it's rumor a, that Han is not going to be there. I heard the rumor that Victory's not going to be there. I heard the rumor. <laughs> I don't think that's a rumor. <laughs> I hear, that's the fact, Jack. I hear there's. I did not hear that there. I cannot imagine that Han is not. I, that's what I can't I imagine. Can't either. Somebody told me that. If somebody they tells in me New York, okay. If they tell me I, that, I what? My money back. They said that at the IMS in New York, they were not there and. Hmm. I, I didn't see it for. Right, I got the right. second hand. So I mean, I, don't know. I think That's, they listed the participants Triumph, come on, on, Steve. online. I haven't looked. I Triumph is fake news. Like Triumph has been. Well, who's yeah. going to give away the free bike? Bonda doesn't. What's that? Who's going to give away the free bike? If Bonda doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. I seriously, I would. Moto Cleveland. Hi, no. <laughs> Cleveland Moto. Uh, I'm too. The, yeah. I hear Suzuki's got an even faster no touch start this year. <laughs> <laughs> Saves you one quarter second for a lifetime. The, uh, but, okay, so if Honda's not, there are brands that, okay, like, if Moto Guzzi's not there, no fucking shit. Of course they're not. If there. Enfield's not they're, there, um, no Like, I guess Moto, <gasps> I, Piaggio's going to be. Settle down, Well, Steve. Enfield. We love Enfield. Enfield was there last year. I want to see the Himalaya. Yeah. Right, we're going to see the High Malaya. No, uh, the High Malaya. It's 350cc throbbing power. <clears throat> the, uh, what I'm. Smile when you say that. Yeah, if oh man, I can't even get my head around the idea that Honda wouldn't be there. That is silly. Like that's that like, just a rumor. That's like don't have an IMS. It's like false advertising. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's having like a motorcycle show and Honda's not going to be there. Right. That's that's ludicrous. Anyway, so <laughs> it's like a motorcycle. We'll be there. You have to so, sit there earlier and take over the BMW upper floor, though. Okay. Before they well, here's, <laughs> we can do that. We have to do that again. Here's the rule <laughs> with, to the motorcycle with lime arenas. If you're a podcast listener. You son of a bitches. No, hold on. I'm going to give you a tip. I'm going to give you the tip of the show. Phil's tip. Again. Give you a, I'm going to give you the fucking show tip me of the show. Show me the tip. whole thing. People say, what do I get from being a podcast listener from Cleveland Moto? What do I get for my hard-earned entertainment dollar? What do I get for this? You get what you pay for. Here's what you get. Here's what you get. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something. Anybody who's coming to the motorcycle show, now you're going to have to pay for your own parking. I don't have any fucking magic keys to the castle on that angle. Y'all got to pay for parking. That's, you ride a bike there, you get free parking. They said oh, that, and they charged Nick Vanilla for showing up on his bike one day. Really? Yeah. They charged me for oh, riding yeah. a bike there. Yeah. It was always free parking for bikes. You know, yeah, right? Only in Florida. Always. Yeah, yeah always. Always. Bastards. Right. Bastards. Okay, here's the rule. It was free until a bike showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they figured oh, it's yeah. January 28th. Somebody's what already here. We let him in. Yeah. What are the Everybody odds? They said say. literally free bike parking. That's bike singular. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right. So here's my question, or here's my opportunity for podcast listeners and podcast listeners only. Don't tell your friends about this, but don't listen to the podcast. When you come to the motorcycle show, if you're coming to the motorcycle show and you're traveling in groups smaller than four, groups smaller than four, call my cell phone number. And I will meet you at the gate, meet you at the door, with a pass. It may not have your name on it, 
But you're going to use it to get into the building. It won't have your name on it. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're sitting around this microphone know. right It'll now. probably have my name. It'll have my name on All it. All right. It could. It might. You you might get to be Dustin Elliott for the you evening. Yeah. Who cares? Hey, women will love you. Or what it actually However, means. What it actually ahead. means is you'll get to be Dustin Elliott for the nine seconds it takes to walk past the guard at the front gate that stamps your hands. So you can get back in without being Dustin Elliott. And women will still right. love you. And women will still love you. But... If you call my cell phone number or text me on any of the show hours in which the show is open, I can tell you I'll be there every fucking minute the show's open because that's what I do every year. And I'm going to have a handful of these fucking laminated neck badge things around my neck like I always do. I'll meet you at the gate and I'll get through the fucking gate. Now, here's the trick. You're like, but Phil, I don't have your cell phone number. Yeah, you don't. If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. If you don't, talk to somebody who does... And they'll get you my cell phone number. I'm not going to put it out on the goddamn interwebs right now. Interwebs. Right. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know somebody who has my cell phone number. Make that connection, and I will get you into the Cleveland Seven Motorcycle Seven degrees show. of Phil Waters. That's really what it is. <laughs> and with this podcast... Actually, I think there's only four degrees. Right. Of Phil I was going to say, with this podcast, it's probably four degrees of Phil Waters. Yeah. You probably know me. Phil. Yeah, luckily this that. podcast will drop a day after the show. No, yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, hey, I, come on, I'm getting out. Get in touch yeah. with me. You'll I've be able to get. Out. You'll be able to get my cell phone number from somebody. I'm sure you'll be able to text me, and I'll be able to get you. I'll get you in like two or two or three of your friends. Call and James. That's one way. You could call James. You could call, call, the, call shop, the shop, and if you've got a convincing story enough, one of my minions might actually give you my cell phone number. Minions, <laughs> right? Better, the story better be good, though. They've been working with me for a long time. They don't I've have been listening to Phil for 14 years. Exactly. They you better got, hope you don't get James. They got. Oh God. <laughs> no, Phil said you were supposed to give me a cell phone number. Fuck Say you. Say that to James. See what happens. <laughs> He's got a lot of experience filtering through that crap. So that's cool, guys. Remember, and with that, please ride fast and take chances. <laughs> Somebody say something about more seconds for Liza. Somebody say Liza, 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 Liza.